Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. And thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative and grassroots conversation. Uh, I hope everyone had a great holiday and a happy new year, and it's uh, great to be back with you. Uh, it's uh, been a little hiatus, and hopefully we'll have a, a productive uh, year this year uh, and also have many shows. I know uh, there will be uh, one date uh, upcoming here in January uh, that the show will, will not be airing, and that is the Tuesday on the 23rd. I will not be having uh, a, a show at that point uh, that night. My daughter is actually having uh, surgery that night, so uh, and, uh, or the day before that, and so she'll be recovering, so I will be uh, with her. Uh, so uh, we will not be doing a show that Wednesday. And, of course, uh, tonight uh, what's on a lot of folks' minds is the address, which I thought was going to be much, much longer uh, than what it was. I mean, I thought maybe it'd be (laughs) – maybe not quite a State of the Union address, you know, with all the pomp and circumstance with those. But I certainly thought it was going to last longer than, you know, a mere nine minutes. And then uh, what I also found interesting was – all the hoopla uh, that the Democrats have stated how they want an equal time uh, for their rebuttal, and their rebuttal was about half. Uh, now I do have uh, uh, I do have the audio, which I was going to make an audio clip, but as a public service announcement, I'm going to state uh, I was unable to do it, so we're going to have to do it old school uh, by me playing uh, uh, playing the. Uh, re- the audio from the uh, the addresses and the rebuttal uh, through some speak, you know, just finagling like, like I, have, I used to do it old school. <laughs> but uh, because when I tried to make it using my mobile device and transferring the audio to my computer, uh, I have a Samsung device, which I would not recommend, at least with the, uh, the Samsung phones. Here's my public service announcement. Uh, don't get a Samsung or don't get AT&T. Uh, for instance, uh, AT&T, I dropped the phone and the, the back cracked. Well, the front cracked as well uh, on the phone. And so they actually, because they wanted to get more you know, deposit from the insurance, uh, said, oh, well, your, your front's cracked, uh, so you have to get a new phone. I'm like, well, I just need the coating, you know, the plastic coating around the phone. The phone worked fine. The phone worked great. Even downloading things from my phone to uh, my computer worked. Uh, but everything worked fine, except the, but they're like, what the back of the screen is, the back of the phone screen's cracked too, so you need a whole new phone. Of course, they charge you more when you do that. And so they just want to get more money. And then they, they, they didn't 
they didn't supply me with a new phone as they give you the impression you're going to get, oh, we got to get a new phone. Well, then I found out recently it's not even a new phone at all. It's a refurbished phone. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't even refurbished. And now uh, what brings my point with the audio is that the uh, thing that you, you, you plug in so you can connect your, your mobile device to your uh, to your computer uh, it's not working, so now I got to go back and complain to them, and I'm not I'm not paying anymore to get that fixed on the refurbished phone, which was supposed to be a new phone uh, that they get for the replacement. But anyway, uh, I digress uh, uh, for that. I already got a caller I'd like to chime in. Uh, I believe it's our uh, good friend Kelly. We'll get him on. Hopefully, we'll hear from uh, some other folks uh, on the show. Uh, I talked to Jim Kinda Jr., one of our uh, recent uh, you know, guys we've had on a lot here. Hopefully, he'll be able to call in. I know Dr. Tolbert uh, will not be able to join us. He's actually heading to Costa Rica, uh, and so he uh, will be able to join us tonight. But And maybe some other folks, because uh, it's been so long since we've done the show, but we're back, and hopefully we'll have a full year. Uh, but before we get to the audio, let's go ahead and – well, i got to get the, open the, the chat open. Um, well, I'm a little rusty, I guess. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring in, I believe, Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? It's the bearded white guy. How are you doing? The bearded white guy. Oh, my, I confused your thing with Kelly. How are you doing, bearded white guy? I'm doing pretty good, just uh, dealing with life. Uh, I didn't catch the uh, state of address or anything like that. Um, oh, well, you're not going to have to. You're going to hear it in a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, sweet. I just... Was chiming in to say good evening, happy new year. Uh, your daughter's gonna be in our prayers. I appreciate so, it. Well, no problem there. Yeah, that'll um, be. Pl- go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, and, and so yeah, no, I'll actually be playing uh, in its entirety, even though it's only ten minutes, which I thought it was going to be, uh, which I thought it was going to be more than that. Uh, but I'm going to have uh, the whole the whole address. And, you know, I'll, I'll make some commentary afterwards, which, again, I thought it would be longer, but it wasn't. And I was kind of surprised at it, too. It really – it didn't really – Trump – when you hear this, you'll be listening to it, and you'll be like, yeah, Trump didn't write this. <laughs> it, it, it's obvious that this was not this, – this, this speech, if you were, um, this address, you can tell it was not written by Trump. And then you have the rebuttal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you could you, you could tell uh, you, you could tell was it uh, written by Trump, uh, but and I'll and I'll be you know I'll be I'll make some more commentary. I was a little I was a little disappointed, but um, you know and you'll and you'll hear in a little bit uh, you know on there. And then of course uh, one of the things that is drawing near, and I hate to bring both things up at the, you know so close together about what she's going through, but what my campaign has been for quite some time now is in you know sending her. Uh, to uh, Italy next summer, uh, where I'm getting down to the wire uh, on uh, reaching out to folks. Uh, there's a, a donation where people can uh, assist me, make things easier for me at least, and uh, getting her there. And that is by going to the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And there is a – and this, I've been talking about this way before all this stuff that's coming up with her, but um, February 20th is my deadline. I have to have it all in. But I do have a link on the website on the Give page where, you know, folks, if they feel so compelled, uh, you know, could do that. Again, I mean, I could do it all myself, but we make things easier. But anyway, um, that's something you could do. It's www.bardslogic.com. For all of our regular folks, 
I'm sure you're familiar with the website and that, which we are uh, hopefully I'll be able to get some time to uh, revamp uh, later on this month. It just depends on uh, how things go, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But we are, you know, I got one person I'm trying to get to get on the show, and uh, I guess the holidays, you know, how that could back things it. up. You may be familiar with her as Laura Loomer. Um, she's an, I believe she's an investigative reporter uh, who did uh, say she's interested in coming to the show. We're just working through, uh, I guess, uh, communication back and forth and, you know, and then getting her onto the show. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll be able to make that fruition. I'm, and I'm going to reach it, uh, reach back to some old guests and th- things of that nature to get on the show uh, to do that. And I think we have uh, we'll have one more caller we'll bring in uh, before I get the audio. And then, we'll, of course, we'll make our commentary analysis of these uh, speeches. And I know they, they had a meeting today, and I want to bring this up some as well, um, you know, because Trump said during the, the address that there's going to be a meeting. So if anyone's going to bring up the meeting, uh, I think I've uh, seen that in line. Don't, uh, don't bring up the meeting uh, then. I'll say about the meeting is, uh, you know, Trump walked out and said it's a waste of time. Uh, but if you have any comments on that, let's uh, wait till later on the show. There's plenty of time left. Uh, but before we get to the audio, let's go ahead and uh, bring in, I believe, Suzette. Uh, thank you very much, Suzette, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm well, Robert. Thank you, and I'm glad to hear things are going better for you and your daughter. No, I appreciate it. Well, <laughs> I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't quite say better. <laughs> you know, just um, – We'll we'll find out more after you know after the surgery she has, um, and uh, that yeah that's on the twenty second. So I, I wouldn't go as far as to say better. Um, I mean we we know what's going on now, but um, but it it is requiring uh, you know it, it's something separate than what I may have uh, brought up to people who know me uh, on the on the lot you know off off the air thing of that nature. It's just mm-hmm. something that's that's totally different. Right. Something uh, something we actually found uh, out. You know, while uh-huh. uh, doing on something we've been already dealing with since May of last year, um, okay. but you know, this is this is something actually in addition to <laughs> in addition to that. Um, so, right. did you well, get? I mean, it, my call. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Now, did you get an opportunity? Again, I'm going to play in, the, in you know all of it. So, uh, if you haven't got the opportunity, it's not going to really mm-hmm. affect you know not being able to make commentary tonight. Uh, but did, did you see that last night? I saw. Them. Uh, him and I saw the other gruesome twosome. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I love some of the the, the memes uh, that were were out there. So um, just to kind of give a teaser for those who haven't heard it yet, and uh, what were you kind of your overall thoughts? Not even of uh, Pelosi and Schumer. Let that uh, let that uh, come later. So you know, cause I'll play the audio. We'll, we'll talk some on his, and we'll bring in the rebuttal. But what was your overall thought about, um, without going into specifics of what he said, because I don't want to do any spoilers here for, for the audio, uh, what do you think overall of his, um, of his speech? I, not, some, no, I wouldn't even call it a speech. Element, I thought overall it went well. I thought it, he was a little bit stiff, but other than that, I thought I, he was right on point. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm going to go ahead and get this queued up uh, for folks. Uh, to, to hear it because, yeah, I mean, and then, while listening to it, I think you may come across as, as the same thing I did as uh, Trump doesn't write this, but that's okay. Um, how many people really do write all their, you know, all their uh, addresses and speeches? Uh, so let's go ahead and let me get this queued up for you, and uh, we'll get, um, you know, because I know there's some folks out there who uh, haven't get the opportunity. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually mute all of our mics except mine uh, because if I mute mine, we won't be able to do it. 
uh, and then I'll bring folks in uh, for commentary. So if, uh, don't be alarmed if you hear things are, are muted, and I'm going to get things keyed up for us. Customs and Border Patrol agents in Cap Country. Our fellow Americans, tonight I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. Every day, Customs and Border Patrol agents encounter thousands of illegal immigrants trying to enter our country. We are out of space to hold them, and we have no way to promptly return them back home to their country. America proudly welcomes millions of lawful immigrants who enrich our society and contribute to our nation. But all Americans are hurt by uncontrolled illegal migration. It strains public resources and drives down jobs and wages. Among those hardest hit are African Americans and Hispanic Americans. Our southern border is a pipeline for vast quantities of illegal drugs, including meth, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. Every week, 300 of our citizens are killed by heroin alone, 90% of which floods across from our southern border. More Americans will die from drugs this year than were killed in the entire Vietnam War. In the last two years, ICE officers made 266,000 arrests of aliens with criminal records, including those charged or convicted of 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 violent killings. Over the years, thousands of Americans have been brutally killed by those who illegally entered our country, and thousands more lives will be lost if we don't act right now. This is a humanitarian crisis, a crisis of the heart and a crisis of the soul. Last month, 20,000 migrant children were illegally brought into the United States, a dramatic increase. These children are used as human pawns by vicious coyotes and ruthless gangs. One in three women are sexually assaulted on the dangerous trek up through Mexico. Women and children are the biggest victims by far of our broken system. This is the tragic reality of illegal immigration on our southern border. This is the cycle of human suffering that I am determined to end. My administration has presented Congress with a detailed proposal to secure the border and stop the criminal gangs, drug smugglers, and human traffickers. It's a tremendous problem. Our proposal was developed by law enforcement professionals and border agents at the Department of Homeland Security. These are the resources they have requested to properly perform their mission and keep America safe, in fact, safer than ever before. The proposal from Homeland Security includes cutting-edge technology for detecting drugs, weapons, illegal contraband, and many other things. We have requested more agents, immigration judges, and bed space to process the sharp rise in unlawful migration fueled by our very strong economy. Our plan also contains 
an urgent request for humanitarian assistance and medical support. Furthermore, we have asked Congress to close border security loopholes so that illegal immigrant children can be safely and humanely returned back home. Finally, as part of an overall approach to border security, law enforcement professionals have requested $5.7 billion for a physical barrier. At the request of Democrats, it will be a steel barrier rather than a concrete wall. This barrier is absolutely critical to border security. It's also what our professionals at the border want and need. This is just common sense. The border wall would very quickly pay for itself. The cost of illegal drugs exceeds $500 billion a year, vastly more than the $5.7 billion we have requested from Congress. The wall will also be paid for indirectly by the great new trade deal we have made with Mexico. Senator Chuck Schumer, who you will be hearing from later tonight, has repeatedly supported a physical barrier in the past, along with many other Democrats. They changed their mind only after I was elected president. Democrats in Congress have refused to acknowledge the crisis, and they have refused to provide our brave border agents with the tools they desperately need to protect our families and our nation. The federal government remains shut down for one reason and one reason only, because Democrats will not fund border security. My administration is doing everything in our power to help those impacted by the situation. But the only solution is for Democrats to pass a spending bill that defends our borders and reopens the government. This situation could be solved in a 45-minute meeting. I have invited congressional leadership to the White House tomorrow to get this done. Hopefully, we can rise above partisan politics in order to support national security. Some have suggested a barrier is immoral. Then why do wealthy politicians build walls, fences, and gates around their homes? They don't build walls because they hate the people on the outside, but because they love the people on the inside. The only thing that is immoral is the politicians to do nothing and continue to allow more innocent people to be so horribly victimized. America's heart broke the day after Christmas when a young police officer in California was savagely murdered in cold blood by an illegal alien who just came across the border. The life of an American hero was stolen by someone who had no right to be in our country. Day after day, precious lives are cut short by those who have violated our borders. In California, an Air Force veteran was raped, murdered, and beaten to death with a hammer by an illegal alien with a long criminal history. In Georgia, an illegal alien was recently charged with murder for killing, beheading, and dismembering his neighbor. 
in Maryland, MS-13 gang members who arrived in the United States as unaccompanied minors were arrested and charged last year after viciously stabbing and beating a 16-year-old girl. Over the last several years, I've met with dozens of families whose loved ones were stolen by illegal immigration. I've held the hands of the weeping mothers and embraced the grief-stricken fathers. So sad, so terrible. I will never forget the pain in their eyes, the tremble in their voices, and the sadness gripping their souls. How much more American blood must we shed before Congress does its job? For those who refuse to compromise in the name of border security, I would ask, imagine if it was your child, your husband, or your wife, whose life was so cruelly shattered and totally broken. For every member of Congress, pass a bill that ends this crisis. To every citizen, call Congress and tell them to finally, after all of these decades, secure our border. This is a choice between right and wrong, justice and injustice. This is about whether we fulfill our sacred duty to the American citizens we serve. When I took the oath of office, I swore to protect our country, and that is what I will always do, so help me God. Thank you, and good night. Okay, folks, uh, you know, again, I was kind of surprised. It was very tame, uh, the speech. I'm going to go ahead and open up the mics, and then I believe um, – we got uh, some others on. Push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you in. Uh, we'll make our, you know, commentary on that. So uh, that's the first time that you heard it, uh, the white-bearded guy. Uh, what, what did you think of the speech? As if the, the first uh, you've heard of it. What, what were your thoughts? My thoughts exactly are, wow, more facts and figures than I've heard come out of Trump almost ever. I, I'm, I'm. Yeah. Very well said, very well written. It was was well written, but it wasn't him that wrote it. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't him that wrote it. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed now that he's saying, well, it's not going to be, you know, I I was was pretty disappointed in a lot of it, actually. Um, Because now it's going to be metal because that's what the Democrats want. And it makes you wonder, well, if they want it, why? You know what I mean? If you're going to give them what they want, why do they want want it, you know, want it that way? Um. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know he's trying to reach out to people's, uh, you know, I guess you know, reach out to the heart of the people for it. You know, that's how most people – I'm actually um, having a little debate on Facebook with someone who used to be a coworker of mine. I don't think she realized I used to work with her because uh, she's not talking to me as if she's uh, real, very familiar with me. But I'm, pre- I'm pretty familiar with her uh, in a working context and just her personality is what I mean by that. Um, but, you know, I find it, I mean, it's just, the thing is, is although, because I don't want to fall into the liberal trap where, 
it's emotion. And whereas, you know, oh my God, you know, we we have to do everything guided by our emotions because that, in my opinion, just rarely, you know, rarely works out, rarely pans out uh, to do it that way. Um, you know, and so, I mean, is he giving in now? I mean, you know, again, I heard that, you know, he walked out on uh, the meeting, said it's pretty much pointless. Uh, you know, with them, I, I don't, you know, I don't know a lot of the uh, uh, the details beyond. So I'm gonna look more into that, or someone see more. You're certainly welcome to uh, to see that. I guess I probably spent too much time. Uh, I mean, just the thing, I, mean, I don't know why we spend time debating with these liberals. We're never going to. Um, but you're never going to convince them. It's so hard to convince any liberals of anything, anyway. And uh, do you have do you have a, anyone on speaker or anything? Uh, the bearded white guy, because I'm hearing a neck Yes, yeah, I have you on speaker. I do apologize for that. I'll take you off real quick. Okay. Yeah, there okay. we go. I keep hearing myself. Yeah, I keep hearing myself come back. Hold on, myself, I'm turn you but, uh, <laughs> oh, Okay. There we go. Yeah, and, um, you know, and uh, you know, so it's kind of disappointing that, uh, you know, that you know that part of the speech, you know, he's talked about now it's going to be uh, metal instead of concrete. I mean, in some in some places, you know, I'm thinking sure, um, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, but I mean overall, I mean, it's it it kind of disappointing, you know, for me, uh, for that. And then also, I mean, it, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't real substantive. I mean, and 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 I think that you know, there's more to it. That, I mean, yeah, we're feel sorry for people getting killed and stuff. I certainly do. Um, but but there's there's even more an economic reasons, you know, why we need to do something with the border. And and he didn't mention anything. Right. I just said this, the, the speech was a lot shorter than I thought. I mean, he didn't mention anything about you know, uh, chain migration and you know. Birthright citizenship, you know, anything like that, you know. Um, you didn't mention, he, wants he, didn't mention to, any, he didn't mention anything about that. The, uh, he wants to stop the anchor baby situation, from what it sounds like. He wants to stop the children being born here in America, becoming American citizens, so the parents can stay. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things. Man, that person was 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 debating is. Uh, you know, she's she's of the understanding that oh well, it's the Constitution that basically gives these anchor babies the right, and even that's contested. Mm-hmm. Um, which who knows? Maybe if she she says anything else, I'll bring bring that up. But um, well, of course, we'll keep your lines open. We got the other folks uh, looking to chime in, and so uh, let's go ahead and. Um, All right, I'm gonna mute myself now. Oh, okay. And then uh, now we've got. Um, uh, Suzette, we got you back on the line. Suzette, go ahead. Uh, uh, if you wanted to make any specific comments on, like, specific things that he said. And then I believe we've got um, – we do have folks on the line. We'll get you in. Go ahead, Suzette. Well, um, I know that it was short, but I think that he was trying to – because MSNBC and all these other news channels, news networks, do not broadcast any good things about him. So it's hard for him to get any message out to the American people who are never Trumpers and against his agenda because of what they're being told by mainstream media. So I think it was good that he got in front of the American people as a whole across the networks to give them that message and to let them know, which was key, that we want to build a wall not to keep people out, but to protect our loved ones, to keep them safe. And I thought that was a key um, statement that he made there to show people that he is human. And, you know, whether the, the meeting went well or not, um, he's always two steps ahead, sometimes three, uh, when these things happen. And um, so that's pretty much my take on it. I think um, 
I think he has a plan. Back to you, Robert. I'm back. Yeah, I was just doing some uh, those in the green room. Uh, I can't hear anybody. Can you hear me? I can hear I'm you now. Here. Yeah, I didn't know. What well, we got. To, I didn't know whether I didn't cl- uh, didn't get in or what. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we got Kavika on the line, and then after that, we have uh, Kelly and John. And so, uh, let's go ahead and get in Kavika from uh, Hawaii. So let's. Uh, uh, bring him in. Thank you very much for uh, for coming to the show. Uh, was uh, that the first time you heard the speech, or did you a draft? I should say I wouldn't even call it a speech. Or is that? Uh, or did you hear it last night? That was the uh, third time I heard the speech. I wanted to hear it again. And you know, I've been very disappointed with the president lately, but he proves once again he can be presidential. And he did an amazing job with that speech. It was well, firm. Yeah, that's true. I'll give him that. <laughs> No, it was firm and it was direct. It's what he wants. He's, he's you know, it's, it's, it's like in sales. He's, just, he's saying, this is what I want, and if I don't get it, there will be repercussions. You know, it's art of the deal. And shame and sh- absolute shame on Chuck and Nancy for standing there like that Chicago painting, like the farmer and the wife, and then trying to say, oh, the president is wrong. The president is immoral. How, okay, before I go off the rail here, how did the Democrats even win? They have no message. We hate Trump, and we don't want to build a wall. That's how you won? I mean, it, it, it's just baffling me. I'm just, how, how is Nancy Pelosi? I want all these speakers to know. When I was a registered Democrat, I couldn't stand Nancy Pelosi. When she was Speaker of the House, people were cheering. I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is about to be uh, a crap show. And off no message, she is now the Speaker of the House again. And furthermore, she was over here in Hawaii vacationing, but she was on a different island. Had she been on the island of Oahu, trust me, uh, my friends and I, we would have made her life a living hell. Because if they want to give conservatives a living hell, hey, I'll do it right back to liberals. But no, the speech is direct and it's to the point. Trump wants that wall. He's going to get that wall. If the government needs to be shut down for months, hell, even for years until the end of his presidency, which is, could be in two years or even six years from now, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, it's not really affecting me all that much, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I do feel, you know, kind of sorry for people. But, you know, if, if you work for the government, you know, you, you, you go in with the understanding, um, you know, you go in with the understanding that these kind of things can happen. You know, I mean, you, you can have, you know, things with the budget. What if the budget don't go through? Or let's say, you know, if uh, a levy doesn't go through or anything of that nature, I mean, that's kind of the, uh, the dangers uh, of working for the government. I know a lot of folks, and, and I had, and I worked for the government agency uh, when I was an intern. Uh, you know, I was a political science um, major, and I was an intern at a, a government agency. But you know, and never, never you know, talked about budgets a lot, and they didn't get raises for years uh, because of budgets and things of that nature. Uh, and that's kind of the nature of the beast, you know. I mean, so the the people who are, who are furloughed. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, that's the game you play. Now, here's the thing. They're going to get paid. Now, here's the thing that kind of makes me mad. I was listening to Sean Hannity the other night. He's like, oh, I, I think, you know, I think they should get paid, and uh, they may even should get paid extra. I'm like, why? Why should these people get paid? They're not working. They're going to get paid. When it all gets said and done, they'll get a big check for multiple weeks or whatever months, you know, that goes. And they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid for not working. 
let me tell you, if I took that much time off of my, let's say if I'm on FMLA, for instance, if I'm on FMLA, which, which I actually am, <laughs> so, but if I take off using any of my FMLA for this, any family stuff that I have to deal with, then, um, you know, I mean, th- then I don't get paid. I, it saves my job. I have a job when I come back, but I'm salary and I still wouldn't get paid. You know, so these people getting paid for not working, I kind of, yeah, I kind of, you know, mixed thoughts on that. I think it's like, well, wait a minute, I would. I mean, I know it's not their fault uh, that they're not working. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's because of something outside of the control. But I mean, they're still going to get paid for it. Which it's like, I mean, how can they get mad? It's like, yeah, okay, they're going to work. They're going to, you know, because that's one of the things. Well, we'll talk about that, you know, once we do the rebuttal. But um, anyway, go ahead. I want to no, say that to that <laughs> that time. I- I just have no sympathy. I mean, if the government shut down, the government shut down. You know, uh, the president has the right. Hey, remember when Obama shut down the government for 16 days because they couldn't get Obamacare? I mean, I don't understand why everyone's complaining in the mainstream media saying, oh, you know, this is, you know, this is exactly what Robert Mugabe. I am so sad. If I have to hear a comparison to Trump being Hitler one more time, I think I'm going to actually lose it on somebody. I, I'm not sure. Oh, you mean to Hitler? Yeah, to Hitler, Robert Mugabe. Oh, that's uh, just Pol ridiculous. Pot. It's just, it's absolutely asinine. All right, he's trying to yeah, defend this country. That is his job. And also, too, I, I was watching that 60-minute interview with uh, Ocrazio. How? I am still wondering, how did these Neanderthal-thinking amoebic Parasites get elected. The two from the one from Michigan, the one from uh, Boston, Elisa. Then you got Rashida Tlaib, and then you got uh, brother lover uh, Oman Oman Ilman, and then you got Ocasio Cortez. I, I I just is this what affirmative action has done? I'm trying to figure this one out, man. I watched that interview, and she, you know, they asked her how you're gonna pay for it, and she says the most dumbest thing. I've heard in a very long time. Well, no, but how are we going to pay for the Space Force? Hey, you ever read the Constitution there, idiot? Provide for the common defense. It is not some well government. It is a military. It is within the bounds of the Constitution that we have that, providing for the common defense. Yeesh. Yeah, for those who don't think that, you know, it's going to be important to uh, win any type of space race that's out there, whether it's uh, for science, or whether it's for um, the military, or frankly, in my belief, both. Uh, you know, that's the next frontier. And any empire that's out there, they were on the forefront of what the next frontier was. You know, so I mean, look, look at England. I mean, how, I mean, how did a little, you know, island like England become so powerful? Well, they controlled the seas. You know, well, and then how? Well, how did America become so powerful? You know, against the countries such as Russia and China. I mean, not China as much, but like Russia. Well, because, you know, we had air superiority and we had economic superiority. You know, the, the person who's going to have the superiority in space, again, through space exploration and through the military, that's going to be the next you know, hegemon of the world. You know, I mean, that's the, that, that's the future. May or may not be in our lifetimes. It'll, it'll be in mine because I'm getting frozen and coming back. But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, certainly, I mean, those who don't understand that, you know, uh, you know, just like that, that's, that's the next, that's going to be the next thing in the space force. 
where people are like, oh, it's ridiculous. We're going to need something like that because let me tell you something. Don't think for a minute that the other countries, such as even those we consider maybe borderline allies like India, and things, they're, they're working on that too. Believe me, China, Correct. Russia, India, you know, they're working on those types of things, certainly. China? Correct. Yeah, they just landed on the moon the other day. From what, I, from what I've heard, but yeah, Space Force is a necessity. But no, back to what uh, with the president. I think the president's on the right track. You know, we really need to uh, rally behind the Republican Party. Needs to truly rally behind this pre- behind the president. Now he's on the right track. I really believe we'll get that wall. Uh, and what he did to Chuck and Nancy today, bravo, Chuck. You know, he asked her, "Am I going to get the wall if I let you know if we, you know the government?" She said, "No." Then we have nothing to discuss about. So, <laughs> he just no. walked out. Yeah, exactly. Mark Levine is so right. And you know, I was reading an editorial, I think it was the New York Post. Little do the Democrats know they're falling for one of Trump's traps again. He's going to make them – right now they're saying that he's the whining, the whiner, but he's now he now threw it to them. So now they're looking like they don't want to play. They just want to impeach Trump. You know, they say, oh, we just want to impeach Trump. Okay, go ahead and impeach Trump. Doesn't mean he'll be removed from office. I mean, Mike Huckabee had a really great, uh, really great segment on his show the other day about how impeachment works. And I was just like, man, about time somebody preaches it right. But anyway, that's uh, enough about that. But I'll, I'll, I'll take it back to you. Yeah, and let's go ahead and um, let's bring in Kelly and then John, and then uh, we'll bring, uh, get the, uh, the rebuttal and go over that. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming on the show. How are you tonight? Hey, doing good in Northern California. It's kind of cold tonight. But, uh, yeah, Trump, uh, he didn't write a speech, obviously, you can tell, but that tells me one good thing about him is that he listens to people. He did want to go with a concrete uh, fence, but instead, you know, on the border he's going to have steel. Why? He's listening to people. You don't become successful in business unless you listen to people and experts and professionals. So that's always a good thing, um, That you know, a good sign of Trump's listening to people. But um, – you know, I, I I favor a wall in the sense of uh, it's just simple Iowa farm boy sense. If you're in the country business, you ought to invest in uh, fences. Eight hundred billion. I don't know where that number comes from, but versus you know six point seven or whatever the number is, you know, it's like wow. So, but I want to look at both. You know, being a libertarian, I want to look at both sides here. We have the Republicans, we got the Democrats. Well, people. Uh, the Democrats are blaming Trump for the shutdown. Oh, it's all Trump's fault. Wait a minute. In any argument, there's always two sides. You have two friends who are having an argument, and, and they tell you, and you hear both sides. You know, you look at the situation, you're both knuckleheads because you're not working this out. So the Republicans, on the other hand, they're, you know, they're blaming Congress. The Democrats are blaming the president. We happen to have three branches, and two are in dispute right now. So we have a shutdown, which was common in the 90s, by the way. Because um, I lived in Maryland, and there was yeah another shutdown, and it's, and sometimes it ends up being a paid vacation anyway. It's all political stunt. Um, so the Republicans, they you know I was somewhat predicting or concerned months and months ago if the Republicans were going to pass it before January first. Oh, of course the House passed, the Senate over the Senate they couldn't get their sixty votes. Oh wait a minute. They had enough votes. They had 53. They could have said, okay, we're changing the rules. We don't need a supermajority or 60. We don't need that. You know, just undo the rules for a time on spending, 
And, you know, it'd take, what, maybe 53 votes, 52, 51. There you go. Change the rules. Boom. Voted up again. It would have been passed before uh, the Democrats took charge of the House, before they got sworn at. I'm sorry. I mean sworn in recently. So um, well, what's up with the Republicans? They could have got it done. Why are they mm-hmm. looking out for the best interest of the American people? Come on, guys. You know, that was a concern. Okay, House good. Senate, no. It's kind of frustrating. So here's what we're going to hear. We're going to hear, oh, Trump, 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 bad, 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 bad. It's like, you know, you're watching two friends having an argument. And people say, oh, it costs too much. Oh, really? Okay. So I get this little math trick. I put, uh, you know, I just say six million for easy math. There's six billion, six one nine zeros, a line. And then I put 300 million Americans. You, you cross out the zeros, like 10 divided by 10 is equal. You cross the zeros out, you get one. It's easy, quick math. And you can do it on your pencil and paper right there. You know, 10 over 10, straight line through the zeros, you get one. Okay, 10 divided by 10 is one. You just cross out the zeros. It's easy math. It's $20 a person. $20 a person. I mean, I, don't, I know there's some people may pay more in taxes, some less. There's corporate entities. And da-da-da-da-da. This is, this is stupid cheap. Stupid cheap. So who are we blaming? The House or the president? The House. It depends upon how you want to rally the political base. Maybe that's what the Republicans decided to do. They could have got it done in December. No, they didn't. So they're, are they doing this to rally the base and upset the American people? Or are they – I'm a little deeper thinker in some of these things. I'm like, why didn't you get it done and protect the American people? Get it done, guys. You know, so I'm obviously a little frustrated with the Senate. Well, um, it makes me wonder – well, he, here's what – Here's my take on that, Kelly. It's, and people say, well, two, two reasons why I think um, – there, there's more, but the two main reasons I think that the Republicans didn't do squat, we're hearing a lot of people, is, is one is they don't want to, for one. They don't want to because there's people on their side who benefit from illegal immigration just as much as, as on the Democrat side. You know, Two, they want the Latino vote you know, as well, and that, that's part of in there. And the thing, and you know, and, and and two is that they, I think they didn't do it more immediately. I think they thought, hmm, you know, Trump pretty much won the presidency on illegal immigration. He pretty much won it. We want to still have that dangling in front of the voters, so that that's why I think. I mean, in the past, I've been trying to do this for forty years, and I think it's because you know both sides have people who are benefiting from you know illegal immigration. But then, uh, like you know, but with the more recent, you know, the election, more immediate uh, concern is like, well, if Trump won because of illegal immigration, using that logic, well, maybe if we don't solve this problem and it's still an issue, we can run on this issue, and maybe we can, you know, keep the House from going in more Democrat hands, or maybe even. Gain seats in the house, and I think it was that was I think that was all a political um, a political calculation. That frankly, and you pointed this out, um, I think because like they voted they voted in the Democrats. I mean I I mean I called it uh, you know what I kind of dubbed it was uh, well, what did I call it uh, bipolar you know bipolar voters or whatever. It's like well how can the same district that voted for Trump turn around and vote for a Democrat? I mean, one is, of course, there's a lot of folks who believe the conventional wisdom that you want, you know, a, you know, a split government. You know what I mean? You know, it's, you know, balance of power, you know, amongst the, the the branches, right? So, oh well, if you got a Republican president, 
You know, I, and I, I think that's folly. I really do because if, if you stay, if you stay with that, you know, that what that mode of thinking, well, then you're going to get what we've gotten for the past forty years, and that's, you know, and they're Nystrom finally starts. Trump's well, that's one thing Trump said. We've been dealing with this stuff for decades, and hello, you know, you heard it here on Bard's Logic probably before that came out of Trump's mouth. We've been dealing with we've been dealing with illegal immigration, not just illegal immigration. We've been dealing with that for decades. Let's finally get you know get it done, and then move on to something else. You know, get these things accomplished. I mean, Trump's already been in office for two years. There's going to be a you know 2020 will be here before you know it. And who knows? Maybe we should run to have people run for president every six years or something, because then you don't have to worry about all these uh, elections. I mean, our, our the way we our policies seem like they're they're always just ran with with politics in mind. I mean, I know that sounds trite for me to say that, like yeah, duh, Rob, you know. But anyway, but that's what I think. I think the Republicans thought, well, maybe if we can still use the illegal immigration as a as a um, an issue, maybe we, we could still get some votes out. But anyway, sorry for interrupting you, Kelly. Go ahead. Well, well, imagine if you will, the delay in months. Okay, let's imagine the delay in months and illegals come across the border in that time period and kill, say, ten spouses. Ten. Ten is too many. One is too many. But the Republicans want political theater. I mean, it's. Panamet circensis or Latin for bread and circus, and just so they can get more votes and, and take the house next time. Like, come on, people. We need. I mean, I'm just I'm frustrated they get in, did not get it done. The 800 billion. I had a, a, a very close friend. Um, I call her my blonde friend, but she, uh, very smart. She worked uh, as a, a caseworker welfare, and she was telling me. Um. A lot of uh, illegals come across. Somehow they get IDs, and then um, – and she's caught them. She's caught them. They're getting two or three, sometimes four. The record was 16. They use the name um, Hernandez Rodriguez Martinez or Hernandez Martinez Rodriguez. They switch their name around. They get an ID. They go Arizona, California, Oregon, and, and, and uh, Washington State, and sometimes Nevada – and they're pulling these – I don't know how they do it, but picking lettuce is really a nice cover. Gee, really nice car you got there for picking lettuce. You know, I like a Mercedes-Benz too. Man, I got to go pick lettuce. You know, it, it's – it's it, the story she told me, it's mind-blowing. And she had a Hispanic up in Oregon who worked as a caseworker call her up and say, I want to catch these illegals. What are your tricks? Oh, I start the interview with, with – I want your idea. I want to make a copy. She deliberately lightens it, and then halfway through the interview, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that copy didn't come out very well. If you have your ID, well, if they have like five IDs, are they going to pull out the same one? No, that's how she catches them. She catches them with multiple, you know, of copy machines. And then towards the end, oh, I'm sorry, that one was too light too. I need. To, they pull out a third ID, and then they come for another visit, and another visit. Pretty soon, she's got. They got somebody, and they use their kids' names. It's really draining on uh, the finances of this country. And uh, so, eight hundred billion. Versus, uh, you know, six billion, or whatever he wants, eight billion, like whatever he wants. Okay, that's a huge return on investment. Any business person, I run my own business. Any business person would make that type of investment. Even if you're buying stocks, you'd buy that investment. I mean, I mean, jeez, 
100 times return on investment. <laughs> it's like, really? I, I don't get it. I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. And I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated with the Republicans for not getting this done in December. Back to you. And let's go ahead and uh, let's bring in John, and then we'll go over and uh, bring the debuttal, a debuttal, <laughs> rebuttal. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, the rebuttal, and then um, oh, thanks, uh, Susan, for uh, sending me the uh, the article. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get to that. I actually have an article, not now, but uh, well, I have it, but I'm not going to read it now. Uh, about the the walkout today, but uh, let's go ahead and. Uh, and that'll be later on in the show. Let's go ahead and bring in John. Uh, John, thank you for uh, coming to the show. Uh, how are you? And did you uh, watch that last night, or did you were able to hear uh, the audio for the uh, the address tonight? Both. I, I got to hear it a couple times with uh, C-SPAN as well as tonight. It was all good. Um, definitely, I mean, all good as far as me being able to hear it. Now, definitely Trump, in my opinion, looked the best tonight than most any other conversations or presentations I've seen him have in a long time. He didn't seem quite as borrowing trouble as normal, so I'm hoping that he's starting to listen to different people and learning how to better navigate this diplomacy within a, you know, bureaucracy of a constitutional republic, because it is different than running a business. But at the same time, um, you know, the Democrats and establishment Republicans, those elitist groups, they already started trying to push gun legislation and uh, DACA and uh, what all that. I can't remember all. Anyway, today they passed about three or four bills within the next day or two. They have to go through the Senate to see like H.R. 264, 265, 266, 267 to try to open up the Treasury and the IRS. And then another, you know, they split up and then they're going to open back up the um, Small Business Administration and the EPA and a couple other groups by doing this little um, part and parcel stuff. And, you know, Trump is going to say no. He already said he's going to veto those if they try to come in that way. But the th- I think it's a play. knows that majority of those establishment elitists do not want a wall for the very reasons you guys said. You know, the Democrats want a lot of votes and the darn – um, elitist Republicans want a bunch of um, workers for the lowest price they can get them at. They're in back pockets with the big business and uh, the Chamber of Commerce group to deprive the citizens and nullify the, their citizens of self-governing. So now I see that it's going to be a big fight in the sense that Trump might get overruled because if they get at least two-thirds vote in both houses of Congress, then they can do a veto override and get the things passed that they want passed, and then Trump will be standing there with his pants down holding out for a wall and not getting much of nothing, and the Democrats are going to say, well, if you want that wall for $5 billion or whatever you want for, you're going to have to give us DACA. You're going to have to give us Obamacare. You're going to have to give us gun legislation, and we want it all or you're not getting anything for your wall. And so the elitists are manipulating this situation for their game just as much. And, I, you know, it saddens me because you think 
the Democrats, like I think Kavika and, and uh, you, Robert, were saying earlier, the Democrats are saying, oh, look at the 800,000 uh, legal or government workers that are out of work now. What a shame. They're hurting and stuff and whatnot. And I'm going, okay, you're right. They're hurting, and I feel sad for them. Now, you guys know what it feels like for the other 90 or 70 million people that are in homeless and living under the bridges and in the doggone homeless shelters and out of their car and in the tent cities. Now, are you going to continue to operate the government as if, you know, you can just neglect the legal American citizens who are not getting their will mutually and reciprocally included in the rules, laws, processes, and procedures, and they just get run, run, you know, run roughshod over? Because now you welcome to the private inter- uh, sector of our economy and how everything's worked. Because uh, now you're in the same boat as them. Do you have sympathy for them now? Or do you want to represent, help them make sure that they get their representation so that way when you're in this situation again, you'll get your representation? Or should, you know, all the rest of America just ignore your cries for help and you live a lot better life than what you, you know, because you're a government employee, you've been living a whole lot better life for, the, uh, you know, lifestyle in a more comfortable setting than most of the people that are unemployed or on food stamps or the ones that are not unemployed and not, they're just living day to day, hand to mouth, you know, in desperation in emergency mode and they're out of their cars or on the bridges or, you know, under the bridges or out of the tents and whatnot. And I think God, in my opinion, is allowing this stuff to help us wake up to say, look, you are your brother's keeper. And you also have to respect the true rule of law, meaning that if you're not going to look out for the interest of your fellow man in self-governing to make sure that they have their will mutually and reciprocally respected in all the rules, laws, processes, and procedures of self-governing, then I'm just going to let you guys fight and kill each other. And that's a sad state of being, but that seems to be what's going on. But that's just my two cents for that. But, you know, Trump did look like he was... Uh, a lot more poised and and more compatible with trying to get along with each other. But I hope he thinks about it and says, okay, Nancy and Chuck and all you people that don't want this wall, then you're going to say that the 800,000 United States government workers are more important than the 70 or 80 million that are out there living in the streets and on, you know, food stamps and whatnot. They they deserve to be respected because when you keep flooding America with all these um, people, that means those people are going to be competing for those jobs, and you're denying the people that are already here, here that are on the public dole from forcing the uh, businesses to interview them and hire them. The businesses are not forced to, um, you know, give these people that are unemployed or or in the dumps an interview. They're not forced to even give them a a job. So, therefore, the elitists want to cherry-pick the whole world so that way they can have exclusive governing control. It's a new year um, eugenics game. And then with all of the data and technocracy of all of the means that they're using with these tech companies to be able to police everybody and data mine everything about you, they get to pick who they want on their team. And they can tell when you come to interview, they already know enough about you to know if you're going to go along with their scam to manipulate and control and be the exclusive governing crowd or if you're going to give them a problem. Haven't any of you all worked for a company where – 
if you were being legit with all the customers or the other vendors that are in the you know in the industry that your boss comes down on you saying, hey, man, you don't be disclosing all that information. We want their business. Don't tell them everything. Just tell them what the bare necessities to get the gig. You wanted that sale or close that deal with the relationship or whatnot. We don't want you disclosing a full disclosure so they can make a well-informed decision. We want you to inform them just enough to give them the incentive to buy in and give us their business. So back to you. Rob, thanks for the time. Oh, you're welcome. And uh yeah, we've got the um you know, we've got the rebuttal here and we'll we'll play that, we'll get uh uh get commentary. I know people you know, a lot of people out there making fun of the way they look. And I mean if you watch the video last night, I mean the, the, the scowls on their faces and then well, I'm gonna have you here, Chuck Chuck I got some uh things I want to you know some you know just observations about Chuck Schumer way of talking uh, that I want to uh, want to bring up, um, but we'll uh, let's go ahead and uh, get that queued uh, for the um, you know for the rebuttal. And as I said, I mean all that all that hoopla about them getting equal time and they didn't even use five minutes. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and get that uh, rebuttal from the Democrats. Good evening. I appreciate the opportunity to speak directly to the American people tonight about how we can end this shutdown and meet the needs of the American people. Sadly, much of what we heard from President Trump throughout this senseless shutdown has been full of misinformation and even malice. The president has chosen fear. We want to start with the facts. The fact is, On the very first day of this Congress, House Democrats passed Senate Republican legislation to reopen government and fund smart, effective border security solutions. But the president is rejecting these bipartisan bills, which would reopen government, over his obsession with forcing American taxpayers to waste billions of dollars on an expensive and ineffective wall, a wall he always promised Mexico would pay for. The fact is... President Trump has chosen to hold hostage critical services for the health, safety, and well-being of the American people and withhold the paychecks of 800,000 innocent workers across the nation, many of them veterans. He promised to keep government shut down for months or years, no matter whom it hurts. That's just plain wrong. The fact is, we all agree we need to secure our borders while honoring our values. We can build the infrastructure and roads at our ports of entry. We can install new technology to scan cars and trucks for drugs coming into our nation. We can hire the personnel we need to facilitate trade and immigration at the border. We can fund more innovation to detect unauthorized crossings. The fact is, the women and children at the border are not a security threat. They are a humanitarian challenge, a challenge that President Trump's own cruel and counterproductive policies have only deepened. And the fact is, President Trump must stop holding the American people hostage, must stop manufacturing the crisis, and must reopen the government. Thank you. Peter Schumer. Thank you, Speaker Pelosi. My fellow Americans, we address you tonight for one reason only. The President of the United States, having failed to get Mexico to pay for his ineffective, unnecessary border wall, and unable to convince the Congress or the American people to foot the bill, has shut down the government. 
American democracy doesn't work that way. We don't govern by temper tantrum. No president should pound the table and demand he gets his way or else the government shuts down, hurting millions of Americans who are treated as leverage. Tonight, and throughout this debate and throughout his presidency, President Trump has appealed to fear, not facts, division, not unity. Make no mistake, Democrats and the president both want stronger border security. However, we sharply disagree with the president about the most effective way to do it. So, how do we untangle this mess? Well, there's an obvious solution. Separate the shutdown from arguments over border security. There is bipartisan legislation supported by Democrats and Republicans to reopen government while allowing debate over border security to continue. There is no excuse for hurting millions of Americans over a policy difference. Federal workers are about to miss a paycheck. Some families can't get a mortgage to buy a new home. Farmers and small businesses won't get loans they desperately need. Most presidents have used Oval Office addresses for noble purposes. This president just used the backdrop of the Oval Office to manufacture a crisis, stoke fear, and divert attention from the turmoil in his administration. My fellow Americans, there is no challenge so great that our nation cannot rise to meet it. We can reopen the government and continue to work through disagreements over policy. We can secure our border without an ineffective, expensive wall. And we can welcome legal immigrants and refugees without compromising safety and security. The symbol of America should be the Statue of Liberty, not a 30-foot wall. So our suggestion is a simple one. Mr. President, reopen the government and we can work to resolve our differences over border security, but end this shutdown now. Thank you. And a few points that I wanted to make on that was um, a couple things. One, you should have seen it. Anyway, notice that, uh, of course, they want the pay that oh Mexico to pay, Mexico to pay. I was talking over the Christmas holiday uh with some millennials, uh actually my, my niece's husband and you know they're making a big hoopla about oh so they're asking us you know us to get money about the Mexicans paying the wall, not realizing that you know, you know, as Trump has said that, you know, it's going to be, you know, other ways in which, you know, money coming back, repatriate. For one, that's one thing I was talking about. How about the repatriation of, of money going from uh, from the Mexicans here into, uh, you know, into Mexico? Uh, that, that That's money that's uh, being, you know, sent back to there. How about doing something about that? Also, um, you know, that could be used to start paying for the uh, the fall, you know, the, the the trade and things of that nature. Trump's already, you know, talked about it. So, of course, they're trying to make a big deal because, you know, now on the surface, and that that's the problem with a lot of people today is that why a lot of the uh, the liberal tactics and the media tactics are working. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, the Democrats, you know, got the you know, got the House back um, if they truly did, and there wasn't, uh, you know, chicanery going on with the votes. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I think that might be, you know, that's a part of partial. But anyway, they were talking about, you know, Mexico pay the wall. Uh, you certainly see some themes that they were trying to push in the five minutes that they did. Uh, holding hostage, like Pelosi said that twice. 
oh, he's holding people hostage. Yeah, he's not holding anybody hostage. Yeah, he don't have anybody, you know, you know, hold up in a building with a gun or explosives saying, oh, we're going to blow and kill these people and things of that nature. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, people aren't getting your pay. They're going to get paid. Yeah, they're going to have to wait. But, hey, they're, they're going to get paid, as I stated earlier on the show, they're going to get paid for not even working. They're working, so they're, they're at home or whatever doing, you know, whatever they're doing. They're not working. They're not doing the job that they're going to get paid for it. So it's like, okay, well, you're on vacation, and you'll get your paycheck later, you know, for, for being on vacation. You know, and, of course, you know, the, uh, one of the things I, I wish they talked more of, you know, both of them, is, you know, they talk about all the drugs, the drugs, the drugs, how the drugs are affecting everybody. Well, what about the other economics, you know, that's going, you know, that illegal immigration is affecting this country? How much money we have to pay per each illegal immigrant, you know? And, and I mean, how, how much we have to do to clothe and educate? You know, we got people in our own country who are having a difficult time clothing, sheltering, educating uh, their own kids. You know, why aren't we spending our money on them? We're spending $54 billion in, in foreign aid uh, to these other, these other countries, but we don't want to spend $5 billion, uh, you know, a wall to protect our borders. Um, and then he's like, oh, well, let's go ahead and, and open the government and, you know, and, and then work separately. Oh, bullshit. Oh, you don't – excuse my friend. All they're doing is kicking the can. That's what the Democrats are wanting to do. Oh, let's kick the can down the, down the road again, which is what they've been doing for the past 40 years. Uh, when it comes to illegal immigration, what we're going to do with uh, with comments on that is uh, we're going to uh, just go down the line. Uh, we'll go with uh, yourself um, first. We'll go with the bearded white guy, and uh, then we're going to go with you, Suzette, and then Kavika, and then Kelly, and then John, and then um, we'll bring got some other callers. We'll bring in, I believe that's Susan. We'll get you into the show. Uh, well, let's go ahead and take it to the top. To you, bearded white guy, get to your response to. To their uh, rebuttal uh, of the Democrats, Schumer and, and Pelosi. Oh, my re- my rebuttal to their rebuttal. I'm shutting down the government because I have to. Because why am I going to agree with a president who's already made promises? You know, he's he's been fighting this for years now, for since he started. Um, he's been fighting the whole oh government shutdown, government shutdown. You know. Nobody wants to deal with Trump because Trump has a plan. Uh, Democrats don't want the wall again. Um, I think it was John who made the good points about it. You know, who's going to benefit if the shutdown if the wall gets built? We, the American people, benefit, but not the major corporations who make the money. Not the farmers who get their illegal immigrants to work for them. Not the major corporations like McDonald's who has. What is it? A large percentage of uh, immigrants who welcome to McDonald's. I'm gonna help you. You know, corporations make more money off of illegals than they do off of regular people. Why? They're a dime a dozen. So, my my rebuttal to them is they're throwing a fit. And when did Trump become like a renegade, you know, movie actor? He's got people held hostage. Where? Is he shooting people up? Is he is he making a negotiation of uh, give me what I want or I'm wasting a hostage? I don't feel like I'm being held hostage. I mean, yeah. I still yeah, how, how, How's the government <laughs> shutdown affecting you? <laughs> I don't feel exactly. any different. 
I'm not being held hostage. I don't I don't see a gun pointing at me. I mean, I'm not on my knees with my hands behind my head or a vest with a bomb on it because Trump's going to tell me if I don't, you know, go for the wall or if the Republicans don't go for the wall or the Democrats don't go for the wall, I'm going to die. Trump's not aiming a gun at me. So, and I think I think it was I saw a uh, advertisement about uh Impeach Trump a while back on YouTube. It was a video. They're having a petition signing for let's impeach Trump. He wants to push for this border wall and only the border wall because he wants to keep everyone out. No. Like he said, I want to keep the people inside safe. I want the American people safe. Not any way around. Go ahead. Go ahead. And well, and, and if you look, they, they said there's uh, there's about 300 million people in the country, and they're saying there's 800,000 of these people who are who are being affected uh, by the thing. Just just some some simple math is that's point two seven point not two point seven point two seven percent of the population. Point two seven percent of the population, not about a quarter percent. Of the population, according to them, is being is being affected by this government shutdown when it comes to their check. Well, it's the government. It's the government employees who are being affected right now. I mean, their multi-million-dollar bank accounts are going to be on freeze for a minute. They're going to have to live off of their subsidiaries that they've earned over the eons of centuries of being inside the freaking mm. government and Congress. <laughs> Hey, maybe well, yeah, uh, I mean people well well people are still getting their food stamps. I mean E B T cards are still flowing. You know, I mean Yeah, but uh, you know, are the government officials gonna go on food stamps because they're not working right now? Yeah, there's some like logistic folks, you know, who are, you know, and I don't know all the different, you know, people. I mean, I talked to my sister the other day, and she said uh, somebody she knew's husband or something like that. I think he's he does accounting for something. He does some kind of accounting for the government or something, and he's furloughed right now, you know. And it's like, you know, again, you know, 0.27 percent of the country is affected, and 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 Trump should look at those statistics. And you know, point that out. Say, look, we feel sorry for these folks, but you know, point two, yeah, point two seven percent, you know, of, of the population is, is is affected by the, you know, about by the shutdown. I mean, this, this, and a lot of people, and I agree, are saying this is this, this may be our last shot to get something done. And, and if he caves, here's the thing: he caves, he, he's going he's definitely he's going to be challenged, you know, in 2020. Right now, the Republicans. If they want to challenge Trump, they might as well forget about it. There's no one out there that could challenge Trump in a primary for 2020. But this is his signature, right. you know. You know, this is pretty much what he ran on. I mean, if he if he doesn't, you know, I'm not saying that the people who came out are going to come out and vote for a Democrat. They're just not going to come out and vote. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we'll end up being Democrats. I mean, oops, did I say that out loud? I mean, didn't they didn't they just pretty much give up when they? You know, went to go vote for Miss Hillary Clinton. I mean, Hillary Clinton. Sorry, I have a very bad cold. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, Hillary. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, they. You know, so it's a point two. You said point two. 
and a couple yeah, of numbers after that are being bothered by this. Probably less than that, you know. Oh my goodness! Yep, uh, I'm feeling the effect. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling any effect on it. You know, and, uh-huh. and, and most people aren't. And, and that's something that uh, you know really needs to get you know hit homes like you know. And actually, somebody who's better at math than I am is you know you know put more statistics together and saying, look, this is how many people are actually affected you know by illegal immigration. And then if they can say, look, it's a lot more than 027 percent. You know, of the population, then, you know, and these are people who are, you know, they're not being held hostage. They're not, you know, look, no one is going to die because of, you know, no one's going to die oh, government unless they're an utter snowflake, you know, uh, because oh, of the government God, shutdown. Oh, dear God, please let them all melt. <laughs> please let the snowflake liberals melt. Please. Sorry. Bye. I mean, I, I, well, I'm wondering if I pour salt on a liberal, will he melt? I mean, it helps for the ice on my driveway. You would shrivel up like a snail. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, I, you know, uh, they might not melt, but they'll certainly cry. Will they shrivel up like a snail? They may not melt, but they'll cry. Ah, uh, well, let's, let's get uh, yeah, let's yeah, go ahead and uh, bring it over to uh, go ahead and bring it over to Suzette. Um, uh, Suzette, that. Uh, you know, you've got the opportunity to, to hear that again, you know, maybe for the second or third time, uh, you know, Schumer and uh, Pelosi and, uh, you know, what, what are your overall thoughts or if you want to make comment on anything specific that they said or maybe like specifically it. that they didn't say. <laughs> well, uh, Nancy Pelosi began with saying the president gave misinformation, yet she failed to list what misinformation that he gave. Neither Chuck, Chucky Schmucky or Nazi Pelosi, gave any information addressing what the president had said. So that's what leads me to believe maybe it was pre-recorded or maybe they were just doing something else when he was actually speaking because there were no facts. As she said, let's talk about the facts. Well, she didn't give us any facts. She just talked about holding the government hostage and this and that. Well, that's not a fact. (laughs) Also, as far as hiring more people, she said, at the port of entry and all these other things. Well, why weren't these things done before? Why do you want to do them now? Why do you want to do them now after giving $25 billion to President Bush, giving $25 billion to President Obama for border security? Why didn't those things get done? And now you want to believe that you're going to do them now? I think not. (laughs) Also, her failure or the failure, Chuck Schumer had said to um, the president didn't um, get Congress or the American people. He wasn't able to convince them to foot the bill. I'm sorry, Chuckie Schumer, that's how out of touch that you are because Americans across the nation have put together a GoFundMe page and have raised out of their right, hard money contributing over $1 million. That's the people speaking, Chucky. <laughs> as far as putting the bill, there you go. There's your money. And uh, separating the shutdown from the border, security, plenty of time for open debate. Yeah, well, you guys have been open debating forever, and that's why we're at this point right now. (laughs) I mean, give me a break. As far as the employees, the government employees, I believe, I'm not for sure, but I believe that they can collect and they're eligible for unemployment. Those that are still working. Oh, yeah. We're talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you have people that are still working but are, have not received a paycheck. Then you have others that were sent home and are sitting at home. But the ones who are working and are not receiving a paycheck, 
will get their back pay for that. So, you know, they're doing their job. They're just not getting their check, but they will get that back because they were working. Um, and that, <clears throat> that I found out. Um, we already talked about the drug money and the trade money, paying for the wall and other ways to come up with that. Um, I guess that was pretty much it. Um, oh, the families. You know, the families, again, neither one of them addressed those. Families that have to live every day, wondering, suffering, thinking that their country has betrayed them because they will not, you know, um, have border security and, and care for the safety of, of the citizens. And yet they're more involved in, in lifting up people who are here illegally and wanting to open up those borders. So, yeah. Well, see, and that's what, and, and that's what you know. When uh, really very white guy was saying uh, is, it's um, I can't believe or, or Kavika. I'll be honest, you, know, you two, you guys kind of sound alike, but at least to me you do. <laughs> but anyway, um, and, and then actually uh, Kavika's next. Uh, but anyway, so and, and that's uh, you know point on that is you know oh shoot I just lost my see hearing those two got my. Uh, made me forget on that, but, um, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just kicking the, as I said earlier, they're just kicking the can and, and, and not doing anything about it. And that's exactly what I think they want, you know, uh, to do again, uh, is, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll open up the government and then they'll just, oh, okay, well, we'll just, you know, then we'll, we'll address it. And it's a shame. And actually it's reversed if they want to talk about anybody taking anybody hostage. It's because look, it's a shame that it's come to this point where, yeah, is Trump, Using the, the the government shutdown as maybe some type of leverage, maybe he is. But think about that. If that is indeed the case, you know, it's a shame it had to come to that. It's, it, if it's mm-hmm. got to come to that, what's the state of of, of this issue that it have to come to us having to do that in order to address it? In right. order to address That's this issue, you got to you know you use maybe a government shutdown for leverage. I mean, and, and again, uh, you know, it brought up that, you know, the government shut down for, you know, 12 days for Obamacare, but you don't hear them, you know, coming back and, and whining about that. Right, right. It's just ridiculous, like you said, that it had to come to this. But never in my lifetime have I ever seen American people come together and contribute to one fund to see something like this happen as far as building the wall towards border security and supporting the president in that manner. I mean, these are, you know, $2, $5, $20, $100, and, and up as far as contribute, um, contributions. And that right there in itself says a lot. And I believe that that's why Congress finally got off their butt, was because they found out about that and are listening to the American people. But, again, it shouldn't have had to come to that. They should have done it before, you know, November, December. They should have done it way a long time ago. Let's put it that way. And it just burns my butt that um, that there are so many still on the fence about it and dilly-dallying. But uh, hopefully um, we'll see something here come about. Now, I know that there was an executive order that was signed in 2017, the Humanity Act, um, Humanity and Corruption Act. And within that act, uh, it's an executive order uh, signed in March, I believe, 2017. Um, and that allows the president to invoke... Um, the emergency, what do you call it? Um, oh, I'm going blank now. <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, call a state of emergency 
type thing where he can have that mm-hmm. wall built. And that gives him the powers. And I thought that was interesting that he had signed that in 2017 March. And so he has he's already taken care of that part, but I think he's just giving the Democrats an opportunity before he has to do something like that drastic implement and build a wall, you know, or initiate building the wall. So anyway, back to you, Robert. Yeah, I mean, in, yeah, and, and then he said, you know, they're also making a lot of hay where he said, well, this could, I'll, I'll do this for months or years. <laughs> um, and the thing is, the Democrats, you know, they, they really don't, I mean, they, they don't care about these folks either. I mean, they're just as guilty as, you know, as that because, you know, they've given funding in the past. They're not going to do it this time because they can't give, you know, t- you know, they don't want to give Trump away, and especially since a lot of them are going to be, you know, campaigning. Um, and and, and the back to the point with um, with how these guys got elected, it's just you know maybe that's how you know they got elected. You know the the, the you know, pulling on the heartstrings. But anyway, let's go ahead and bring it over uh, to Kavika. Go ahead. That is why half of the country hates Nancy Pelosi. The fact is, she sounds like a freaking politician. Quit saying the same damn thing over and over again. The fact is, no, it's not the fact. Those are your opinions. And shut up and go eat your ice cream, Nancy. And for Chuck, grow a pair. Serious, man. You are the biggest sissy, cuckold, little baby back B-I-T-C-H who's ever held that position as Senate Minority Leader. I mean, you are just upsetting. Harry Reid could kick his ass in a fist fight. Part of my language. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> bad. <laughs> Harry Reid? No no. no, no, no. No, Chuck Schumer is such a hypocrite. I kind of remember him coming up with Doma, and yet he's watching his daughter become a carpet muncher. You know, I'm tired of it. I'm tired. I hate these career politicians. You know what? And you know to say, oh, open up the government and we'll negotiate? Absolutely not. Trump's not going to do that. Oh, or Nancy, we have to pass this bill in order to see what's in it. I mean, that, that, I mean, Nancy, yeah. Nancy and Ocasio, oh, crazy, I call her crazy, oh, they have the same logic. Oh, you have to cut them open to see what's wrong with them. I mean, come on. Well, well, well she's the one, yeah, she's the one I'm surprised as hell got. I mean, well, yeah, that's the point I was actually going to make is with, with Cortez. Uh, well, she's New York, so I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise me. Um, no, go yeah. ahead. But the one in Michigan no. is the one that kind of surprised me. The, the lady in Michigan who said, let's impeach the MF or – I mean, she's the one who kind of surprised me because it's right. like you guys right. kind of voted for Trump. No, no, no. Okay, okay. All right, you can impeach some other effort, okay? But she needs to know how impeachment truly works. You'll find Jimmy Hoffa's dead body before you can get the removal. I mean, like I said, and Huckabee made such a, a great point about that is that once the impeachment happens uh, to Bill Clinton, his approval rating skyrocketed. Because it was just a waste of resources. It's incredibly hard to remove somebody from impeachment. It's just like being indicted. Just because you're indicted doesn't mean you're going to be prosecuted. So, yeah, go ahead and say that all you want. That just shows how ignorant they are. Or, um, Ilman Omar, who's going after, who went after the vice president. I know you don't think highly of the vice president because of his beliefs, but I'm just thinking, who do you think you are? You spoiled little S-H-I-T, coming in there wearing a hijab, breaking a rule that has been there for 181 years because we have to, we have to uh, conform to your ideologies. And you're not even from this country originally. That's what even angered me more. You know, and um, 
I just don't understand. I just don't understand how these Democrats or even Senators Republicans think that Trump's going to cave. He's not going to cave. He has nothing to lose. He's doing this for free or for a dollar each. Yeah, uh, that's period. true too. He ain't caring about. Yeah, he he don't. Yeah, he wants more of a legacy than he wants any type of uh, political career. Yeah, he's not worried yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, or, or about setting that. himself up after he's president. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? I've actually had this kind of uh, really radical idea because we're having struggles here with the Republican Party here. And um, trust me, I'm gonna, uh, they're not going to like me after what I have to say. I truly believe if you're after a certain age, you really shouldn't be in politics. I mean, go retire. I don't need, I don't need your conformity, you know. Uh, you know what? Nancy's like, what, 70-something? Chuck's like 70-something? They're old. Okay, they're old. Well, people. Trump. Well, Trump's seventy something. He just doesn't look or act like it. <laughs> no, he doesn't look and act like it because he's a businessman. He's not a career politician. So you know, I was, I was, you know, they have to come up with something different because you're right. These Democrats don't care about these furloughed workers, and it is like, like you said, point two seven percent of the country who's out of work. Oh, big deal. You're public servants. Get over it. If you, if you can't have a job there, go find another job. You're not guaranteed a job, and that's what, and that's what angers me even more. Because you know these government workers, a lot of these government workers, they are out there on CNN. Well, I can't pay the mortgage because you know I'm not getting my kickbacks, or I can't do this because you know the president. Oh, boo hoo! This is America. This is opportunity. This isn't guaranteed. And it just shows you that entitlement mentality of where this country is going. And I'm, I'm actually coming full circle about that. That is why Rashida Talib. Uh, uh, Talib Ilman Omar, Alicia, I forgot, Alicia was at Presley in uh, Massachusetts, and Ocasio-Cortez are in Congress. These people are absolute idiots. I've actually faced, I've, I've actually messaged a crazy o and I said, I want to challenge you to a debate. I guarantee you, I'll eviscerate you, and you're a congresswoman. It's not funny games how they're acting. They're all acting, you know, like, oh, I got the Quran. I'm like, I'm going to start dancing like my dance videos. I'm like, this is – you are in charge of people's lives. You are – you create Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this isn't a game, all right? Your radical professor has screwed with your mind, and now you're going to go screw with the country. And I want you to know the truth is the only reason why these people got elected is because Michigan has now become a Muslim, has become a uh, – or, yeah, Dearborn, Michigan, outside of Detroit, has become a cesspool. Of uh of Muslims, it's the largest Muslim populate, uh, population in America, and it does harbor a lot wow, of terrorism. Okay. I have a lot of friends who are from Detroit. They said, "Yeah, you see it rampantly over there." At least uh, Michigan. Or, I'm sorry, um, Massachusetts. Oh, we got the colored woman. We're gonna show we're so progressive. I mean, come on, they got they right. got uh, uh, yeah, they got a quote Native American who's somehow writing this uh, exploratory committee, she actually thinks she's going to beat Trump. I mean, come on. You think Elizabeth Warren or any of these people who are going to run for president in 2020, let's just say the government still shut down, and they're going to defeat Trump? Are you absolutely – are you serious? You think you think a combat, a combat veteran like myself or other combat veterans are going to vote for uh, Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris or whoever's going to run? No, absolutely not. They don't have a shot in hell. And especially with this guy, this guy, this shutdown, Trump's going to pull to his favor to say, "Look what the Democrats are doing," and I got proof on this one. So this fiasco is going on for too long. I mean, it, it's just—I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. And when John said, I guess what John said earlier, you know, it's establishment and it's the Democrats. Ann Coulter said the great one of the uh, really, really great thing about it: the establishment Republicans want cheap labor, while the Democrats want to feel like uh, Mahatma Gandhi. 
Uh, yeah, like so Mahatma Gandhi, I apologize, I'm a little tired, to why allow all these illegal aliens into this country. And I'm and, and it's tiresome. Look at California. I feel so bad for California. I just found this out the other day. California has a law where you have to pay 10 cents per bag even at a restaurant if you want to go food. So basically they tax you on that. Uh, so, I mean, trying to get towards is that enough of this BS. Build the dang wall and get it over with. Start focusing on other problems. And to the establishment Republicans, you all lost because you ran against Trump. I'll give you a case in point. Look at Mia Love. Mia Love said, I'm going to be the Democrats' worst nightmare. Trump gets elected. I'm a never-Trumper. Yeah? And you got no love because Utah voted you out. <laughs> Back to you. Well, let's go ahead and bring it online. I've got some uh, call screening to do as well, get some folks in the green room. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it to you, Kelly, and then John, and then we'll bring uh, Susan in. We have, a, I believe, another uh, California caller in. I'm going to bring in the green room uh, shortly and uh, bring it back around. Uh, we is about – we is. Oh, my God, listen to me. We are about <laughs> the bottom of uh, the hour, uh, the second hour, and then, of course, uh, we'll be getting into Bart's Logic After Dark in about a half an hour. But uh, – uh, we still got plenty of time, so let's go ahead and bring in you, Kelly, and then uh, John, and then uh, we'll bring in Susan. we got uh, some other callers. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, hey, Robert. Uh, you know, when the show got started, you were talking to Suzette, and all of a sudden she's back to you, and then it's all quiet, quiet, quiet. I, just to let you know, Robert, you got to hit one on your number dial to uh, to talk. <laughs> um. <laughs> to, get back, to get back into the show. That's right. I'll try to right. remember that. Go ahead. So, yeah, by the way, uh, to, to, Topeka, Topeka, I hope I pronounced your name right. If, uh, you know, Chucky Schumer versus Harry Reid in a fight, you, um, I don't think Harry Reid would win because Harry Reid lost a fight with his exercise equipment. So uh, my money my money's on Schumer if they get in a fight. So, yeah, the rebuttal of uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer, well, they were um, January 3rd, they were sworn at, I mean sworn in. Why do we keep saying that? Oh, maybe because they're career politicians. They, they were sworn at. And Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. We had a discussion about that, and I guess she did talk to Bob Dole, the Viagra guy, because, well, for a while there, Nancy Pelosi was suffering from ED, electoral dysfunction. So, you know, somehow she got elected. And then we got, you know, Chucky, Chucky Schumer or Chucky Cheesy. All right. You know, they're so good at debating on this and being convincing. I mean, they're just excellent debaters. I guess you could call them master debaters. Um, so anyway, just, you know, look, there's two sides of every story. Okay. Yeah. They gave the rebuttal and, oh, this and this and this and that. And Trump, 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 finding blame. Trump, like two of my friends are in an argument. They both come to me. I'm like, dude, did you guys talk this out? Do you need help talking this out? Why are you coming to me? But okay. You hear both sides. It's frustrating. And they're trying to convince me of the worth of the of their cause. There's always two sides to every story. I mean, you call it a dispute, an argument, a conflict, a fight, uh, a political rhetoric. I mean, they're just, they're just like, you know, dudes, have you guys owned up to your side of the situation? I mean, maybe Trump's going to have to compromise a little and bring that money down. If he gets something passed, maybe he won't compromise. We don't know. But, you know, it's interesting in the number of, you know, being a libertarian people on both sides open up to me. But it's interesting when I say, look, you know, it's two sides of every story. Why is all the focus on Trump? What about Congress? And then they, 
and I can see their facial expressions, and I see, you know, I didn't, didn't really think about that. Yeah, there's two sides of every story. My mother taught me that. Once I can't even remember. Um, but I want to talk about the individual cost if we think about this with, with, with no order wall and more people are coming in, okay? Individual cost, of course, there's always more taxes for all the services they're going to take. And, yeah, of course, some of these illegals will contribute to our economy by doing things like uh, lowering wages. That's a nice contribution to our economy. There's more people in the workforce. What are the employees going to do too? They're going to offer less. Simple supply and demand functions. You know, they'll also contribute uh, – these illegals will contribute um, – more demand on goods and services, though prices go up, laws apply and demand. And, of course, you've got crime costs. They will contribute there to give policemen more jobs and more policemen, and, yeah, they'll contribute there. And then they'll contribute with housing. Yes, they will. They're going to be a, a, a crunch on our housing. Uh, you know, on the show, you've heard me before, my rants about, you know, they've choked the supply of land. This is why housing um, – one reason why housing is so expensive. Yeah, they're going to be competing for your housing, folks. And I like to hear what Suzette knows about the average um, apartment in the L.A. I'm sorry, you're in San Bernardino, but L.A. is worse. Cost per month. Now what happens if you get a bunch of people competing for um, for apartments? How much more is your rent going to go up? I mean, these are the individual costs besides the taxes, individual costs to Americans. I mean, if we really, really looked at all the costs, Yes, there's taxes. Yes, there's government spending on it. Da 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 da. What about all these individual costs? I mean, I'd love to see a report somewhere, anywhere, where this is how much it costs the average American in the the ripple effect. You know, you throw a stone in the water, and there's ripple, ripple, the ripple effect, or the domino effect. There's more than just the cost of the federal government. So, um, I just I just point that out. Somebody else can comment on it, and I guess I'm uh, I'm done for now. Unless I want to. If I can divert to, to to Suzette for what she sees in housing prices in Southern California, where there just happens to be a flood of illegals. Um, so yeah, uh, Suzette, you got you want to tell us about some of the local area um, housing costs per month? Well, real quick though, we do. I do want to get two callers I want to bring in, and then we can bring it back to that. Um, but first, let's go ahead, and uh, she's been waiting for a little bit. And then we've got Mrs. Bearded White Guy on the line as well. So we're going to hear from her, too. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from Susan. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi. Um, I'm fine. I'm tired. I have one question. I'm sorry. You're, you're breaking up. We, we we love you, Susan, but you're 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 hard to hear. I don't know if it's you're not talking right to the phone or or what's going on. But can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you some better. Um, why is it when someone says a bad word, they always say "pardon my French"? <laughs> I don't think that's kind to the French people necessarily. <laughs> Because I knew about it, and I'm special in the other thing. I share a lot. So, um, anyway, that was a thing that I wanted to. Um, well, Lindsey Green was really coming up on the president's side. And um, I guess Ryan Paul is just a lot. Susan, it's still, I, I, I'm sorry
Uh, I, I can I can really hardly understand you. I, I mean, I can hear you, but it's really – I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Susan, do you have an Obama phone? No. <laughs> I don't. Can you hear me now? Yeah, but it still sounds like you're talking in a uh, – I don't, I don't know. It's, go ahead. We'll do our best. Go ahead, Susan. I said um, – now you made me forget what I was going to say. Um, I I just I don't like I I I looked at the picture of them, Chuck and Nancy. I think it's an insult to farmers everywhere to um, to um, compare them. Yes. To, I can't I can't even fathom her even knowing what a pitchfork is or a shovel. <laughs> So, anyway, yeah, they're they're just uh, anyway. Um, you know, I'm not sure of what's going on, and I'm going to send you, Robert, over the next week some information because I don't want to talk about it on the phone. But it's about Q, and I will tell you. I've been what, seeing stuff here and there about that. I've been looking at it, and. The reason I don't want to talk about it is I don't want to, you know, it's what they've exposed. What I saw, even at George Bush's funeral, was some really weird stuff. You had to really be watching the people's faces when certain things were done. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you some, um, what do you call it, videos, and then you can go from there, believe it or not, believe it. But it is fascinating. Because it, uh, well, let's just say if this person is alive, he's got Trump's ear. And uh, Wait, do, is, do you think Q is real or not? Who? Q. Yes, I do. After reading okay. some of this stuff, seeing the video tape. At the funeral yeah. of George Bush, Jeb was horrified. Oh, oh by, by the way, uh, yeah. By by the way, I'm glad you're uh, joining us again, uh, Suzanne. Good to hear you. That's Susan. Susan. Ah. <laughs> there's Suzette and there's Susan. Right. I. So one of you change your names to Suzanne or to Suzette, so we get it all more confused. But Suzanne, I'm glad to hear you. I'm glad to hear your voice tonight. Oh, all right. Well, thank you. It's just I've had not been feeling good through the month of December. I was very, very busy, and I was always exhausted. <laughs> and tomorrow I have a long day. It's extra time right now. But then again, we need the extra money apparently, huh? Considering that I sent Robert another, um, I hope he found it, um, a uh, another email or some information, and it's about how this could weaponize people, the, the shutdown. And it's not blaming Trump; it's just saying that when people get frantic and desperate and other things that are going on, it could cause a lot of problems. And I believe that's a possibility. I I really do. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, I've, I I mean, I've seen a few things here and there, you know, on social media, um, you know, about this queue. I really haven't delved into it. God, I wish there just needs to be more hours in the day. Um, I haven't really delved uh, a lot into it, but, I mean, I have seen some things in passing, and it, it has, you know, piqued my curiosity a little bit about it, to be honest. Well, my friend was the one who informed me, and I started reading it, and I'm just like, whoa. You know, but that's what you say the first time or when you go through the stuff that the John Burst Society puts out. You just go, whoa. (laughs) Um, So uh, this is why I'm – there's a lot of things I – okay, it could be. But this one I'm a lot more persuaded, and it has to do, like I said, with the president and what's going on. And I hope it's true. I really hope it's true. So, anyhow, yeah, check it out. Maybe that maybe that could be a, a you know topic of, or at least one of the topics of one of our shows here. But I, I was remiss in my duty. I actually um, went from Kelly because look at my list here. Went from Kelly to you, Susan, and I got the um, Mrs. Bearded White Gal on, and I do want to get her on uh, soon. But I. Um, don't want to uh, John. leave John as well, so I want to get I want to be able to get John uh, uh, back in the line before I bring uh, Beard, uh, Mrs. Beard White Gal on uh, for you know he wants to make any comments on the rebuttals or any uh, anything else anyone's brought up here since then. Go ahead, John. Um, okay, uh, you know Kelly was trying to get Suzette to respond to what he was talking about in respect to rents or mortgage payments and stuff, so don't forget that aspect too. kind of breaks the continuity of the discussion when you have to try to remember what Kelly was talking about. Suzette now will have to refresh us about what Kelly was talking about. But um, a couple other aspects to me in the sense, you know, I was talking about gun legislation and the H.R. 264 through 267 bills that were passed. The gun legislation you might want to look up is H.R. 8, or you can look up hashtag HRAH, like in hotel and in Romeo and then the number eight. And um, I think that there's going to be a move to try to, you know, create some kind of stalemate with Trump and then do an overthrow of vetoes in order for the elitists to be able to get what they want out of the deal and give Donald Trump a uh, excuse. Well, I tried, and there's no way I can oversee, you know, overrun them. If they do, you know, overthrow my veto, they get what they want. You know, that's the way the rules are written. And that's just one of the issues. And one of the other aspects, too, just here within the last month or so, they passed the, you know, Justin, Justice Prison Reform Act type deal where they're going to cut back some of the, um, like, I can't remember what the thing's called, the minimum something or another judgments that they put against these people and, and give them education and training. And my thinking was is well, what happens with all of the, you know, less fortunate in America who are down on their luck and they can't afford to go to school and get reeducated even with the, um, Pell Grants or the small scholarships or whatnot, unless you get a very good scholarship and a very good Pell Grant type thing, they may not be able to go to school either, but they're going to possibly look at this, well, hey, you know, I can go to school if I commit enough crimes to get put in jail because then they'll give me education to train me. 
So I, I don't know enough about all that, but I think that's another issue that we're going to have to look at, and that ties right into what you guys were talking about with Q. You know, don't don't be careful about what we see on the Internet and what we think is right and wrong or true or not true um, about issues. But it does tie into the psychological aspects that, you know, these people coming out of prison and, and the country's not able to justify all the money for all this stuff and they keep running up the debt because the way our Congress keeps working, they just keep putting it on the um, credit card, so to speak. And then the people that are not lawbreakers, or at least, you know, for the most part, they try to adhere to the rule of law and be law-abiding citizens. Now they get discouraged and whatnot because they're living at the very bottom trying to scrape by every day and whatnot, and they can't get the same benefits to go to school. Now they're going to use this as a trick to get socialism. We're going to have to expand it to the rest of the population because, you know, it's not fair to give it to these lawbreakers that we're changing the rules on. And I just see the Democrats and some of the elitists using this as an opportunity to scam everybody out of the, you know, constitutional representative republic. And so those are kind of concerns that I have about. And you may know about the NSO, is Israeli company. They created the Pegasus, you know, program. It's a software program, and they're selling it to law enforcement all around the world, even here in America, that gives their full, complete access to all of your data on your phone beyond anything they had before, and they're trying to keep it in secret so nobody knows. Well, it's coming out, and you're going to hear more about it. If you don't, then you're just not um, coming across the sources. So, therefore, they're going to try to keep it hushed because they really shouldn't be able to do it. But, you know, like a lot of things in our country, law enforcement and these uh, DEA and investigative groups like CIA and FBI, they do stuff that's against our Constitution on a daily basis all the time anyway. So those are just food for thought. And as far as, uh, you know, the rebuttal for Pelosi and Schumer, I look at it this way. Hey, you guys want to complain about Trump all day long and the media? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. You media and you Democrats and this establishment elitist Republicans that are complaining about Trump, you're a thousand times a hyper liar, evil person than Trump is. So when you got the choice between Trump and the hyper evil, I'm going to pick Trump day in and day out. I mean, they always want to make it sound like, oh, you got to, I can't believe you're supporting Trump. He said this or he said that. And I'm like, dude, you got to be real. You gave me a choice between Hillary Clinton and Trump. You didn't give me a choice between Mother Teresa and Trump. You know, you gave me a choice between corruption and, and super evil corruption. If you want to believe that Trump even has any corruption, which I'm starting to change my mind about that. I didn't want to vote for Trump in the beginning because, you know, I thought he was a little shafty or, you know, shady um, character. And then the more he's been president, the more the lamestream media and the Democrats and establishment Republicans beat on him, and the more he continues to stand up and show himself credible and tone his rhetoric where he doesn't borrow as much trouble, the more I'm buying into him, I'm ready to fight for you, Trump. Thank you, Mr. Trump. Back to you, Robert, in the studio. Well, thank you oh, very wait, much. And, ladies uh, and gentlemen, wait a break, 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 yep. break. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Bard's Logic Political Talk, brought to you live on Blog Talk Radio. Host Robert brings Bard's Logic Political Talk to the masses Wednesday evenings. Show starts at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, and is a three-hour show. Now, in about 11 minutes, we go into the third hour of the show, which happens to be lovingly called Bard's Logic After Dark. So the live internet feed may stop in about 11 to 10 minutes at the top of the hour. However, continue listening to the last hour, Bard's Logic After Dark, by calling 347-945-7428. During Bard's Logic After Dark, make sure your phone is charged up and that you do not get disconnected because you will not be able to dial back in. So make sure your phone is charged up and call 347 945 7428 before the top of the hour. That's 347 945 7428 in the next few minutes. And if you just want to listen, you just listen. If you want to get involved in the conversation, just press 1 on your number dial and host Robert will help get you into the show. Your unique perspective on the issue being discussed is equally worthy. So call 347 945 7428 in the next few minutes for Bard's Logic After Dark. Also, visit the website, bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, for all the information about the show, times, dates, topics of the day, and so on. You'll see it all there on the website, bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Then, share links and content about the show and website with everyone, friends, family, neighbors, near or far, worldwide, everyone, bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. You can even get Bard's Logic Political Talk podcasts of the show from iTunes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Bard's Logic Political Talk podcasts of the show from iTunes. You're listening to Bard's Logic Political Talk on Blog Talk Radio. Now get ready for Bard's Logic after dark. Back to you, Robert. Back to the show. Thank you very much, John. And again, I couldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't do that any better myself. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I oh, appreciate it. I think it. you have a better yeah. voice than me by far, brother. I'm just doing it out of love for your work and all that you do. But there's plenty more better voices that I think you ought to recruit than me. My voice is definitely not for radio or any other place. But thank you anyway. Well, I think I think you did great. I certainly appreciate it. And now the much-awaited uh, uh, bring in the Mrs. Bearded White guy. So let's go ahead and bring her in. Uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm all right. Just got off work. Oh, okay. Um, what do you do, if I may ask? Say that one more time. My phone cut out for a second. No, it's at all. You just got off work. It's Well, it's, it's, it's late here. It's almost midnight here. It may not be midnight there. I was just asking what you do. Um, I work for Wally World. Really? I work for Walmart. I work in the dairy section. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was actually going to mention uh, when they talk about uh, the different uh, illegal immigrants, I think I was going to bring up Walmart, but you mentioned Wally World. I was going to bring up uh, Disney, <laughs> Disney World. You know, you know, a couple of years ago, if people recall, uh, let go a lot of uh, people just to, so they could hire uh, a lot of these immigrant people coming in. But anyway, uh, I don't want to digress, but if anyone wants to bring more in about that, you're certainly welcome. Uh, so tell us what's on your mind tonight. Well, I've been listening, I've off and on been listening to you guys and um, through my husband, uh, bearded white guy. And I, w- I was listening to what, um, I can't remember what her name is. One of the Sue's, huh? 
Suzette. Um, she was talking about Nancy Pelosi and the whole doing everything over and over again. Well, that's the definition of insanity is trying to do something over and over again, expecting a different outcome, but you don't, you get to the same outcome. So basically all Democrats by doing what they're doing over and over again, they're not getting different outcomes. So they're all insane. You know, and that's what I kind of, you know, kind of made, made a tongue in cheek <laughs> remark back, uh, you know, in November when God, I can't believe it's, that long ago already, but uh, back in November, when the, uh, the the Democrats you know retook the House, now of course historically uh, that's how it goes. You know whether I believe that or whether it was a true election or if there was a chicanery, I don't know. Which uh, you know, Jim, would, uh, we're hoping to, I was hoping to get Jim Connett Jr. on uh, this evening, but I guess he got uh, detained, not detained by arrested, but uh, <laughs> just something else came up. He's well, probably one of the busiest people I know. Uh, but anyway, um, who knows of, of whether he's even a you know a fair election? But let's presume at least that it was, um, and there wasn't you know too much chicanery going on. But anyway, uh, it's it's kind of baffles to me. Just two years after you know electing Trump, even though supposedly uh, you had um, you know Hillary Clinton winning the the popular vote. And if you think about, it, I mean, if she did indeed win the popular vote. Then I mean it, it does go show that perhaps it's not that hard to believe that the the Democrats would take the House of Representatives uh, because of that. But uh, one thing that did shock me is how many, and I can't recall the exact number, but I know there's a a fair amount of uh, districts that actually did vote for Trump, and then turn around just two years later, uh, you know, voted for whoever the Democrat was in their district. And, and, and I think that's kind of insanity because uh, we are. You're, you're right. We are doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, we keep voting in the same people. You know, we, we really haven't cleaned the swamp or the cesspool, as I like to call it. Um, well, I mean, I didn't coin that. I think um, Huckabee co- uh, uh, coined that. He said because even a swamp it's has some ecological value on it. It's almost as bad as watching all the illegals standing on the strip in Las Vegas in front of the casinos handing out nudist cards. They're all illegal, every single one of them, and every single one of them is a drug trafficker. And I know this for a fact. Um, A little bit of background. I used to be homeless, and I used to be homeless in Las Vegas. And um, while living there, I, I noticed this. And you could get any drug you want from them as long as you show that you're not a cop. And they would just, cops would just drive by and just let it, let it happen. And it's still going on to today, only it's like 10 times worse. And it's all of the illegals that have come from Mexico through New Mexico and up to uh, Nevada, through Arizona and Nevada. And the, the population is just, it's out of control because they don't actually work on a payroll or anything. They don't pay taxes. And it, it irritates me. And you know, now that I have turned my life around, moved home and everything like that, working at Walmart, I noticed, you know, that we have countless, even all the way up here, um, mind you, I'm about 50 miles from Oregon border. We, um, we have like countless immigrants coming up here, not only just moms for the pot farms, we have the illegal Mexicans who are trying to find work. I don't know why there's not a Lowe's here or a Home Depot. Um, 
they, you know, they, they come up here and then they don't even learn our language. That's one of the things that irritates me the most is they'll come up here. They expect us to be able to understand them and be bilingual for them. But yet if we go to their country, they want us to learn how to speak their language to adapt to them. If we want to live there, how are we so much worse off if we want the same thing? It's, it's, highly irritating mind you i've done retail for 15 years so you know i mean it's a it's a constant thing that i'm dealing with and i don't like it i agree with trump 110 percent on this wall and by the way if there's any way i can get the uh gofundme page for the wall i would gladly donate to it um i mean i just the immigration is just out of control. We need to get these illegals who have committed crimes, raped our, our our sisters, our nieces, our cousins, and we need to get them out of our country. They don't belong here. They don't deserve to live here. And you know, to, honestly, and, and, and I'm going to bring a part of real, real, real quick, and I'm going to bring a part of, of Trump's address. And, and I think you know he, he meant you know he alluded to this, and I'll elaborate on it. Is what he's you know I think that. The only way something's really going to get done, or you get especially a Democrat, and, and you, you hate, to, you don't want this to, uh, on anyone. You don't want to wish this on anyone. Um, I mean, even Hill, I wouldn't even wish this on Hillary Clinton. Okay, and I hate her. Is that um, it's going to take a politician's child to get killed by an illegal immigrant? That's what I think You're it's going to take. And, and, and Trump kind of alluded to that in his thing. It's like, look, you know, until you know, you guys know the pain of what these people felt. You know, you're not, and I, I, I mean, kind of alluded to it, uh, but that's what, when someone is mentioning, you know, all the, the people here, I'm like, I think that's what it's going to take. I think it's going to take a Democrat, probably, maybe even a Republican, but a Democrat to lose a child. The worst thing in the world, I know, I've, I, I've had it happen, you know, uh, that's, it's the worst thing in the world. And I, I think it's, that's unfortunately what it's going to take for them to be like, oh shit, you know, yeah. we need to do something about this. Go ahead. I mean, I think well, it's what it's going to take think, for them to do something. It's, it, that's one of those DTD, you think? I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I have, I don't, I'm not, I'm not independent. I'm not Democrat. I'm not liberal or um, same thing. Mm-hmm. Republican. I'm leaning on the borders of not being in any political party versus a libertarian. And, you know, I have my own thoughts, my feelings, and, you know, I disagree with all parties on some things. I agree with all parties on some things. Not very many for the Democrats, though. Um, right. But, you know, I and I'm not very knowledgeable of politics because I recently got into politics as of really Trump being elected and everything. Because when that was going on... Um, when the election was going on, I did my best to try and get to a poll, but unfortunately I missed closing time on the last day. And I was headed for Gary Johnson. And then I kept watching, I kept watching and doing my research and I started leaning toward Trump because he is a businessman. He's not a, and you guys are right. He's not a, he's not a career politician, which means he's a real freaking human being. And that's what we need, is we need real human beings, not this drone-out, do-as-I-say, Heil Hitler bullshit that, um, 
the Democrats are pulling. They, you know, the, the conformity is real. And I'm looking at a lot of these people. And yes, working at Walmart, you see everything. Um, I'm seeing these people come in and they're like, they'll voice their political opinions. And it's like, how ignorant are you? It's, it's ridiculous. I lost track of where I was going with that. Well, I think what the point of that is, you know, and, and that's what we try to do. One of the things we try to do here is, you know, I, I, you know, most of the liberals I talk to, you know, you tr- you try to use reason, but they're so they're they're so wrapped up in their emotions about, you know, everything. Like, oh, these poor children. Like this one I was talking to tonight, um, or you know, are doing back and forth or whatever. And, and actually, it's not just her; it's just other people have done. It's just like. And you try to say all oh, these the, the kids in cages, and we we know that none of these immigrant kids are in cages. But you know they they, they try to pull on the heartstrings, and and I guess I guess Trump, you know, in his speech, you know, get, going back to that or his address, now, I think he kind of was trying. I think he was kind of taking a playbook from the uh, the Democrat uh, playbook, really, when it comes to uh, you know trying to pull people's uh, heartstrings. I mean that's what Schumer was trying to do. Oh, we got all these people who you know aren't going to get paychecks. I'm not going to be able to get loans, and we're not going to be able to do this or that or what have you. Yeah, I mean, and Trump kind of did it too, you know, in the, in his, you know, when he, you know, saying like, oh, this, you know, tears at the very heart and soul of, you know, I'm like, you know, let, let's get to economics. But I guess in this day and age, you know, reason doesn't work as much as emotion does. Um, and that, you know, I think that might be part and parcel of why we're in such a mess, really. Um, you know, you know, for that, but I think, I mean, but I think you had a point there where, um, you know, th- th- that's where, that's just where the people are at, you know, I mean, at, at this time, I mean, and, and I think it's, it, it, it goes into like the, the, not just the media, but I mean, just look at our television programs. I mean, look at the things that they're fighting. I mean, now we're hearing, um, I'm not going to go off topic with this, but now we're hearing stuff like, you know, uh, caustic or, you know, caustic masculinity. What the fuck? I mean, what the heck is that? Ooh, drop the f bomb. But uh, you know, I mean, what? I mean, what the heck is that? You know, I mean, I mean, it really is. We're we're really making ourselves. Um, I, I guess the only term that comes to my mind is we're really wussifying ourselves. You know, as as a people. Well, you forgot. Well, pardon, you know, my friend. What's that? You forgot I was to say, say pardon, my friend. Oh, pardon my French. <laughs> Oh, part of my French, yeah, yeah. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe, maybe the F words come from France or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, I know. I've, I think we've all said that phrase at least once in our life. Oh no, we um, looks like unfortunately we just uh, got a call drop. So I hate when that happens because then, especially I'm this time, that I'm to call in. Well, no, we've we've we 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 just, we just missed. Um, I'm trying to remember the number. It looks like we. Uh, we lost uh, Suzette's, uh, Suzette's call. Her call just dropped. Oh, no. That happens on occasion. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. I forgot. Oh, um, you know, I think my 16-year-old has said it the best. She came home from school the other day, and um, she was telling us about a teacher that she that just came to her class and everything, 
And she was, they, I guess what the teacher was trying to tell him was, you know, you need to be respectful of other people's feelings and you need to try not to offend anybody. And she goes, it's, she turned around not and she straight up told the teacher, made me proud. She told the teacher, why should I be worried about anybody else's feces? They're in control of their own feelings. They're the ones allowing themselves to be offended. Why exactly. should I care? I'm going to exactly. say what I want to say, whether you like it or not. Are you offended? I'm sorry. Get over it. You're butthurt, then you're not. And well, when, that's true. Uh, I say that all the time. You, uh, you allow yourself to get offended. I mean, you don't have to let yourself be offended. I mean, you can control that. <laughs> yeah, you know, only you and only you are in control of your feelings. And right. your opinion. Nobody else can be in control of that or take that control away from you. Only you can allow them to. And when she, when I heard that she did that, and she straight up called the teacher on it and said, are you a libtard? I turned around and I went, you know, this. I think this is the proudest moment a mama can have right now. Because just coming from a 16-year-old, and most 16-year-olds are so liberal now because they're going with society and, you know, this whole, it's cool to be 12 years old and have a sex change operation if your parents say okay. And it's really not. And, you know, she's she's just so bright and so with the way, you know, she steps out on her own, not, you know, and not like social, what are these, millennials we call them? Uh, these millennials and she's just like stepped out on her own and I, I love it. It tells me that there's a little hope for our future generations to come that is not completely dead. And I also want to do one quick rebuttal to Kelly. I want to mention he said there was two sides to a story and in my opinion there's three sides, his side, her side, and the truth is in the center. You're going against my mother. <laughs> Very amazing woman. <laughs> I'm going against my father as well. Yeah. Well, there's the truth. You know, there is the truth side of things. It's just both sides always think they have the truth, and that's what gets frustrating. And that's where you look in between and find the truth in the middle. All right. I'm glad to hear you say that. Well, we are at the top of the hour, and I want to get to um, you know this walkout. I do have uh, an article here. It's, it's not from the website. I just kind of uh, you know pulled it up, and uh, it says you know. Trump, oh, and I tell you what. Uh, one thing that for for folks who who use Google, especially if they uh, um, um, I just read a, a thing from Susan, but in her call dropped that she was just sending me a, a message on Facebook. Uh, but anyway, it's like, gosh, I hate that when it drives my, my – I get, I get distracted. I hate to say it. I, I'm a multitasker, uh, but I do can, – I can't get distracted easier because I try to do a bunch of multi things at once. And so I was going to talk about this article, um, you know, about about him walking out, and I was going to say something else, and I totally uh, uh, totally got distracted by, <laughs> by her message. I really shouldn't let myself – allow myself to do that. But anyway – uh, so I got this. Uh, it's not from the website, but it's just something I pulled up here. Um, you know, because I want to you know go over briefly about about the meeting today. 
because uh, I know a lot of people are concerned, including myself sometimes, you know, is Trump really going to, uh, you know, stick to his guns, uh, you know, you know, for this, uh, you know, illegal immigration uh, reform, things of that nature, building the wall, border security, things like that nature. Um, I mean, and I was, again, you know, the person I was debating with, we, we, we started last night uh, on Facebook and, you know, we were talking about, oh, but she's like, Starts off all, you know, walls don't work. This and that, blah, blah, blah. Look at the Great Wall of China. As if you could really compare the Great Wall of China with this today, you know. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, so I just want to, you know, talk about whether he's going to stick to his guns. You know, it is kind of something that's, you know, kind of concerning for me. Uh, but anyway, it says uh, for the articles, uh, President Trump walked out of a White House meeting with congressional leaders Wednesday afternoon. Over the partial government shutdown after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, – I cringe to even say that – again rejected supporting new funding for a border wall, according to those in the meeting. Speaking to reporters after the brief session, Senator uh, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, said the president just got up and walked out. <laughs> well, good for him. <laughs> uh, he asked uh, Speaker Pelosi, will you agree to my – this talk about Trump uh, – Will you agree to my wall? She said no, and he just got up and said, well, we've got nothing to discuss, Schumer said. Uh, the president in a tweet called the meeting a total waste of time and appeared to confirm that he left after the Pelosi's answer. says, I asked what is going to happen in 30 days if I quickly open things up. Are you going to approve border security, which includes a wall or a steel barrier? Uh, Nancy said no. I said, bye-bye, nothing else works. Trump narrows the tweet. Excuse me. It says Pelosi uh, said after the meeting that the president was petulant. You know, whatever. Anyway, Schumer said Trump slammed his hand on the table in frustration, but Vice President Mike Pence and other Republicans speaking to reporters afterwards denied that when that happened. You know what? Here's the thing. If he slammed his hand down, who the hell cares? Who cares? Okay, that's, that's kind of the point I want late, you know, lately. I mean, seriously, it's the wussification of especially men, you know, and the toxic, you know, masculinity that we're starting to hear about. You know, like, oh, my God, it's some type of poison to men in society for them to be masculine and show, you know, masculine ways. It's pathetic. I'll tell you what. But anyway, um, uh, the House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, which I really wish it wasn't him, um, rather it had been someone else. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jim George. But anyway, uh, said the president was willing to make a deal in the meeting. I just listened to Senator Schumer McCarthy, a California Republican, said, "I know we complained at the time that you had cameras in meetings. I think we need to bring them back uh, because he described the meeting uh, to be totally different than what took place." Uh, the meeting in the Situation Room on Wednesday afternoon came ahead of Trump's uh, planned trip to the Texas-Mexican border on Thursday. Earlier, the president traveled to Capitol Hill to meet with Senate Republicans, saying afterwards, we have a very unified party. Let's, let, let's stop there. I mean, do we do, – who here really – let's stop from um, – start to – I mean, do, we, do you, the, the Republicans, uh, you know, Kavika, I mean, Kavika, do you really think that they have a unified party? Do you believe in unicorns? Well, you know, maybe once upon a time they exist. No, I don't believe in unicorns. I don't believe unicorns ever existed. Um, no, probably, 
Trump could have done better. I mean, I know he's kind of between a rock and a hard place, you know, because, I mean, uh, there were certainly some more grassroots candidates that he could have supported and endorsed uh, in the primary uh, that, you know, in the, in the Republican primaries that, that he did not. I think he could have been, been did better there. I mean, 
I mean, I understand why he did it because, you know, he still has to have uh, the Republicans to work with him. Um, and if he's, you know, just basically supported all the outsiders and none of, none of the incumbents, that probably could have caused some, some issues for him, uh, you know, more so than he's already experiencing. But, you know, I mean, I really think that to, to truly drain the swamp, just primary most of them out. I mean, there's still a few in there that are pretty good. Um, but primary most of them out and just, you know, get a lot of, you know, your citizen statesmen, stateswomen in there, uh, you know, instead of all these, you know, career politicians. Yeah, uh, exactly. Trump should have, you know, he should have united the base strong, but he had Paul Ryan of all people in ranks previous. And it really, it really became, I'm not making any excuses for the president, but it really became who do I trust now? Uh, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna say real slim who can trust. Now, as a marine, uh, this is actually suicide. I could probably you know, get sniped out by a sniper, but uh, a big f you to to uh, General James Mattis. What you did to the president, he needed you on his side more than ever, and you resigned. You proved that you are a warmonger, and Marines look to and as as a combat Marine, not a uh, not a uh, ramp or a pogue. You know, that's our – Maddox is our God, and you betrayed the president of the United States by resigning and saying, I think you need a secretary of defense who who uh, values, you know, coincides with your values. He picked you because he thought you were going to help him drain the swamp and bring the troops home, and you choose to be a, war, more, uh, a warmonger, so – yeah, what are the, yeah, and that's another thing is I mean he's, he's got so many different people now to replace again. Uh, you know, you talk about Secretary of State, the Chief of Staff, uh, he's going to be need, need to be repla- you know replaced. I mean, it, w- the person I think he should have from the beginning uh, been his Chief of Staff, and it's actually one of his campaign promises that he did not keep um, so far as even and I was there when he made it. Um, he was in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, with Newt Gingrich. And, you know, he said, you know, Gingrich is going to have a place within his administration, you know, kind of maybe hinting that he might have been – well, at that time it might have even been where he had a, a possibility of being the vice president. Uh, but then also maybe if not vice president, maybe, um, you know, the chief, you know his chief of staff, and he picked – right, you know, what I like to call Rince Pubis, um, you yep. know, otherwise known as Rince Priebus. But I like to call him Rince Pubis, but uh, I guess he's out of – you know, out of the stage now, but, um, you know, picked him. I mean, and again, I understand why he picked Prince Pubis uh, to be, you know, his chief of staff for the brief period of time that he was. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's becoming, well, I mean, it's coming less and less when you mentioned, you know, who we can trust. You know, he doesn't have a lot of people I think he can trust, but, you know, I think Gingrich is one of the people who he could, and I think he just could, you know, didn't bring him in. He could have brought him in a lot. I mean, he still could bring him in, but you know, didn't bring him. Could have brought him in a lot sooner uh, in his administration. Yeah, absolutely. English would have been a good choice. As vice president, he had his share as uh, speaker of the house, one of the greatest speakers of the house this country ever had. He worked with Bill Clinton. He pretty much told Clinton what you're going to do. If not, we'll be the. Uh, we'll get it passed. Trust me on that. So yeah. Uh, he should have brought in new gamers a long time ago. He should have fired Paul Ryan. He should have never brought in. You know, I thought. Uh, Kelly would be an excellent chief of staff, but, you know, and it's because it's military, because I'm in the military, because, you know, they're generals. They're used to snapping their fingers, and people say, yes, sir, yes, sir, no, sir, no, sir, and they're the ones who have to say, yes, sir. So it really did become about ego, and it has nothing to do with Trump being anti-military, anti-war. 
And he is, and you know, President Trump is anti-war, but he, for a good reason, man. We've been there for almost 18 years, wherever we are. 18 years. I was even thinking about it. If I knocked up that girl 18 years, yeah, almost 18 years ago, my kid would be turning 18 years old today, uh, this year. But, uh, yeah, it's, it really has become about trust. And, you know, the president, he, you know, Ronald Reagan said it uh, perfectly. Trust will verify. Or he got it from the, uh, the Russian expression. Trust will verify. And Trump really needs to find people who he can trust and who he can work with. And people who are not part of, you know, quote, unquote, the swamp or the cesspool, as we say. Yeah, and then... Um, Mind if I cut in? Oh, no, go ahead. Well, first I'm going to make a statement towards Mrs. Bearded. I'm offended because I'm a liberal. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, you're not. No, no, I'm not offended. All right. It's okay. I'll offend him even more later. You're not a liberal, damn <laughs> Okay. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I'm not really offended, but um, my rebuttal to all this is I think we need to have a, you know, instead of Mad Dog, he left because, well, he wants war. Trump doesn't want war. We need a guy who became famous on YouTube by calling himself Hugh Mungus to a liberal snowflake woman. Oh, a no, complete no. feminist. Hugh Mungus. Hugh Mungus for president of 2020. There we go. That's now my new vote. If we don't get Trump again in 2020, I want Hugh Mungus. Hugh Mungus. Well, and, and that's another thing, you know, is, uh, you know with, with with 2020, and of course we got uh, Pocahontas, uh, <laughs> who was doing her exploratory committee. I mean, the Democrats really don't. I mean, uh, you know, and this actually what the what to bring this up last week, but I'm not doing a show because uh, of the holidays uh, last week, and I get you know. We missed. That might be a good segue. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, just you know, take a little hiatus, and then you know, again, I mean, I don't want to, uh, you know, over over talk on it. Just you know, the different things we were, you know, taking care of with my daughter and stuff like that. Um, you know, with uh, you know another thing that came up, and, and now we got to get that you know taken care of. Um, but anyway, that's that, that's within the next couple of weeks. So that that kind of uh, kept me awake uh, a couple uh, nights as well. But anyway. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to cover the whole hoopla with um, uh, with one of my favorites, and I'm being facetious when I say one of my favorites uh, when we're talking about uh, Mitt Romney. You know, and his kind of hoopla that that he did. And you know, I mean, if you, for people listening to the podcast back, you know, 2012, you know, gee, how much I just loved Romney. Uh, but anyway, there's people speculating that who knows he might actually run. He's a bipartisan ticket. With uh, um, Biden, if Biden were to get the nomination, which I mean, it's it's still far way off, but so far, you know, he appears at this point uh, to be, um, you know, the front runner of the Democrat Party, which doesn't surprise me because I think the the Democrats are starting to fall into the same trap that the Republicans did for a while and have it his next turnism, which it seemed like the person who came in second place uh, to run for the president. Uh, just happened to be the person who got the run for pre- – you know, got to be the nominee last time. 
I mean, I, I mean, think about. It. I mean, that happened with you know, you know, that happened with Bush and McCain. I mean, McCain was in second place behind uh, Bush, right? And so McCain became the uh, the nominee after after Bush, and he came in second place the first time behind Bush. And then once Bush got his eight years, then McCain. Well, then who came in second place with McCain? Romney. So somehow Romney became the nominee. Makes you wonder how fixed these things really are. Um, and, and now I think that's starting to happen to the Democrat Party, whereas you know, you know, first you had. Uh, you know Hillary Clinton. You know when she lost to Obama, and and so so she got her turn and she got to be the nominee when she was in second place. Well now Biden, of course, you know he's kind of the second, right? Um, you know, he, because he didn't get the opportunity to uh, to be president, and so he, you know now it's his turn because uh, you know to, to 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 try for it. So now they're probably going to push uh, for him <laughs> to be. So, I mean, but it just goes to show, though, when you try to push the, their next turnism, you know, to be your nominee, that person historically has not become the president. Actually, since I've, I've noticed that them doing that, at least it appears that they're doing that, none of them have become president. McCain never became president. Romney never became president. Hillary didn't become president. And who knows if they do the same thing with Biden – yeah, Biden's well, I don't see with him be president either. Um unless unless Trump caves. If Trump caves and starts and this is what our other show and if you missed our last show where you know we point whether you're you know live here listen to the archive, listen to the other show as well, uh where we're like, Well what kind of president is Trump gonna be now that the Democrats have the House? Uh we talked about that some, you know, uh, a show or two ago. <laughs> Uh, it's it's worth revisiting, uh, but I, I, and I still wonder that. I mean, you know, right now we talk about not caving, uh, you know, and not, um, you know, keeping the keeping the shutdown uh, going to get this done. But remember, little bit by little bit, he is uh, compromising, and so maybe. And I know some people say, well, compromise shouldn't be um, a bad word. I kind of think it is. And, and you know, for I mean, because if he compromises, you know, who knows what he's going to compromise? Uh, you know, when now it's instead of being a concrete structure, now it's metal. And I know someone earlier tonight mentioned that, you know, well, he's listening to experts, and that's a good thing he's listening to experts. But which experts is he listening to? I mean, I, I mean, I, I, fine if they want to do a metal wall instead of a concrete one. I want to hear. Well, you know, a logical explanation explanation on why a metal wall would be better. Now, I know some, you know, some were saying, oh, well, you could see through the slats or this or that, you know, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I think a slat would be good that you could see through if you have an M16 sticking out on the other side as well uh, to protect the border. I mean, that's part of my debate I had the other night with that that, um, person on Facebook. Is I'm like, look, yeah, look, you know what? And, and, and they're all, remember what Trump's saying, I want to bring this up earlier, and I just remembered, is that uh, remember as Trump has talked about you know, doing a, a state of emergency, some are even saying he, he may not have a, a constitutional right to do that, and it may be challenged by the courts uh, for him uh, to you know, call the state of emergency so he could get funding using military funding for the wall. Well, if he wants to do something that's more expedient because – if he tried that, it's just going to be hung up in the courts. So he's not, I mean, he's not going to be able to do anything that way either. So if they don't give him, here's what my thought, my thought is, and I want to get um, 
you know, some, you know, folks take on it, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, first, um, you know, look up and we'll get uh, the bearded white guy, <clears throat> get your take on it is that I think that until we can get a, 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 a ball, you know, a, a wall, a wall on the border, whether concrete or, or steel or whatever they're going to end up making out, who knows, maybe by the time it's all said and done, it'll be a styrofoam wall. You keep the illegals out. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, in the meantime, and if he can't, because it's going to be hung up in court for him to do a state of emergency, one thing I think Trump can do is he is a commander in chief, chief, militarize our border. Just militarize it. Take the people that he's taken out of Iraq, Afghanistan, um, you know, and, uh, you know, Iran, you know, around, no, not really in Iran, but, you know, Afghanistan, you Syria, you know, those places like that. And, and you bring them home, or, or and then send them to the southern border. Militarize our border, our southern border. I mean, they, they can't. He's the commander in chief. They, a court can't come back and say no. You can't do that. What uh, What do you think, uh, Peter White guy? My thought is okay. So, um, Mrs. Bearded brought up a good idea. Why not an electric fence? So. We don't want the electric bill to go extremely skyrocketing high, so we'll let the Democrats create the electricity by when they're not working in the political offices and everything like that. When they go for government shutdowns, they have to keep the wall running. It'll be a win-win. We get the Democrats out of the White, out of the Congress, and we keep the wall going. Electric fence. She was a beautiful genius for that one. Well, you know, also, I mean, I think what what if we do it this way is, you know, that maybe this can make Democrats, including myself, happy. You know, how about you have a, a wall that is also and where there's water, have it be where, you know, creating hydroelectric power, which electrifying your fences. And then you can also put windmills on top. Of the of the wall, and while those blades are running, that's also for security. Because what are they going to do? Walk through the blades? <laughs> so you're creating energy, and you have a defensive barrier because they're not going to be able to walk through those blades spinning, right? So you're creating energy, you're creating security. So I mean, that's that's a win-win situation for everyone too, right? I mean, that's green energy that should keep the uh, the Democrat, and, and I'm actually, a, I, I, I'm a supporter of green energy. Actually, you know, solar, solar is probably my favorite. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, that that that, that, that you know covers a lot of bases. Hey, Robert, 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 hold on here. <laughs> so you're talking about green energy and windmills, and people get chopped up. Is the kind of green energy you're talking about? Is it soylent green? Soil green. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What what's wrong with oh you? <laughs> Soylent green is that what you said? Soylent soil green. Soil green. Mm, I'm hungry now. Green? Somebody, somebody please explain soylent green to Robert. <laughs> soylent green is the recycling of human bodies for human consumption. Delish. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no thank you. And actually, I was, and that's another thing I was uh, going to debunk people when they try to compare uh, 
uh, Trump with Hitler. I said, look, so it's not like he's killing all the you know these immigrants and grinding their bones up as to make soup. You know, I mean, if they want to compare him to Hitler, he's not doing anything near that, right? Um, yeah, that 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 Hitler comparisons it's just Hitler didn't do ridiculous. That's not ridiculous, but I mean, you know, so that, I mean, hey, that's that's a that's a win-win situation, you know. You you make the ball you know, the ball the ball the wall into a dam in some areas. You build you make it to a wind you know wind turbines in another area, you know. If you want to have the steel slats line the military, you know, militarize the border, that's something that's within you know, Trump's power. They can't say he's doing anything extra constitutional if he was to militarize the border. Why not do that? And, and and use our military. Don't use the National Guard because then he's got to go through the governors. The heck with going through the governors. Do... If if I may, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, um, go ahead. The militarized part. We got so many vets that are out of work that still are really good with the guns. Why don't we put them down there and allow them to still continue to serve their country and tell those illegals to f off? Yeah. Well, it does, does kind of remind me of, uh, you know, a joke on, and I, and, you know, I won't, I won't eh, you know, joke on Facebook. I, it, it's a tasteless joke, so I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't reiterate it. It was actually my own tasteless joke that I did on Facebook, so I, maybe I don't want to repeat what I did, what I said on air. So. <laughs> of course, hey, uh, maybe it can't I, be I, any I, worse I than the than the uh, the turbines from the. Uh, you know the turbines from the the windmills being a, a part of the security apparatus. <laughs> I think right. what we yeah. ought to do is have liberals land the wall and shout their insults and how they're offended. Let's see how well that works for protecting <laughs> the wall. Hey, hey Robert, we have yeah, until they, they start throwing rocks, until they start throwing rocks at them, and then they'll then they'll want to shoot their own tear gas. Um, I wanted to throw out a constitutional point while I have the opportunity. Well, we we don't do constitutional points or kill. I'm just kidding. Go oh, ahead. You we know, know. We do. Go ahead. Un- un- unless you feel, <laughs> yeah, like feel like it. Some people don't like the Constitution until they get arrested. And, oh, go right. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, sending troops on the border. Ooh, boy. That's interesting. Are we having an invasion? Well, yes, but have we had a declared a declaration of war? A declaration of war could actually go against illegals crossing our – but Congress would have to pass it. Well, here's my question. Um, does the federal government have the right – and this is a constitutional argument – does it have the right to send troops without the permission of the state? Does the Congress – I'm sorry, does the president have – the authority to just send troops without permission of the state and without a declaration of war. That's why Mrs. Judith hmm. mentioned the veterans. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes, for tell invasions, um, the president has the power to do this for six weeks. It's in the Constitution. And that makes sense until declaration of war is gathered. <clears throat> and then you have the War Powers Act, which extended that, which Congress somewhat it's kind of a gray area um i am not happy with the idea from a purely constitutional sense i am not too happy with trump sending troops to the border 
unless the state um, approves of this and or – I mean, there are constitutional mechanisms in theory, constitutional mechanisms that allow the president to send troops to the border because you don't want a situation where – Federal troops show up. Okay, someone's got some background noise going there. If you can mute your mic, please. Go ahead, ahead, Kelly. So, the Founding Fathers put a limit on the power of the federal government and the army because, of course, the British were tromping all over the colonials. So, I mean, if we're going to allow the president to send troops to the border without the state's consent, you know, does that mean that federal troops? can later go into any other state whenever they want to. I mean, there's some concerns here. For example, with Katrina, um, <clears throat> they they basically were in there, and then the governor said, you guys get out. We got our own national guard. We got our own people. And that was a, a scary scenario. You know, suppress insurrections, repel invasions. That's the Constitution says. But hopefully the states will... Um, and maybe there's always the uh, almighty federal dollar into California. You're going to let our troops on the border, or you ain't getting a lot of money. So that's that's that trick to somehow get consent. But I'm I'm being kind of purely theoretical because here's the thing: when you start, and I saw Tea Party people do this in my own in the in the county I live in here, in Siskiyou County, we're on the Oregon border in California. And I'm just like, dude, you're trampling the Constitution and what you're proposing. Oh, well, we're special. We can do- no, you're not. Well, just as someone's no, that's when tyranny begins. So just a little, you know, I hope the states would, on the border, would say, yeah, bring the federal troops here if you need them. I mean, it- by the way, there's um, – I was reading some article today that if Trump – Declares a state of emergency. Somehow Congress has given him the power that he can take funding out of the military budget to fund the wall. So he's going to get this either way. It's it's interesting. We shall see. Back to you. Well, you know, we're you know, trying to find a solution, you know, to our, you know, well, because it is. I mean, I I do describe it as an invasion. I think that you know. It may be a, um, a not well. You can't even really say a nonviolent, you know, invasion if they're throwing rocks and debris and things that are, you know, at the border patrol. I mean, is that? I mean, that's uh, that's you know, using weapons of sorts, right? <laughs> but but uh, I say that kind of seriously, well, you know, kind of you know, tongue in cheek. You know, um, martial law is when you call up the uh, militia. Congress calls it. And then uh, using the militia also to enforce the laws of the United States, which, by the way, now the militia is the National Guard, so um, can call up the National Guard to repel invasions. So there you go. Um, anyway, I'm just being, uh, you know, one little step leads to another, leads to a mile away from your goal. It's just, you know, I'm just like, I'm sure, he, I, I hope he's got some very brilliant constitutional scholars that would allow him uh, by, I, I just, I, anyway, I'm just, I'm just concerned about the excess use of, of force or power, abuse of power. Yes, we have a crisis here, but, you know, military, I guess the military was also in some states, they were building the walls, military folk on duty. 
That's kind of a good idea. Anyway, back to you. Can I jump in, Rob? Yeah, go ahead. That's why I didn't say anything. Because <laughs> I knew you wanted to jump in. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to knock everybody off. But anyway. Go ahead. Uh, I kind of wish Nathan, you remember a number of months ago, Nathan came on, a good gentleman that um, Dr. Tolbert knows. I hear him on the mm-hmm. American State more often um, from time to time. But he he brought up a very good point here a while back that, we ever since nine eleven two thousand and one, they came out with the Patriot Act in what two thousand three I think. But anyway, shortly after that, there was an executive order that was passed. I don't remember the number, but Nathan he talks about these things. He's very knowledgeable about that. I wish he was on. So anyway, we have been in a perpetual war ever since then. And under that authorization, they continue to extend it every time, no matter what president it is. Barack Obama did the same thing. Almost, I don't know if they do it every year or every two years or whatnot, but they continue to keep extending it. And so we have been under a claim or a classification of a, of a perpetual war ever since then. And so that's how some of these things, they go around and they go ahead and implement different wars or things that they want to do in the background, and then you hear about it later. And Trump could actually do stuff because the Congress doesn't want anybody to be able to blame them. So they create these ambiguous, vague stuff and then bury it in secrecy, classification, top secret. You can't talk about this. You can't, you know, provide this to the public. And then they allow things to happen in the background, so to speak, and then you, nobody can, everybody just points fingers at the other person. So they blame it on each other that way. Now, because it's getting to the end of the show, I want to remind everybody to call your congressmen and senators and tell them we need to make sure that President Trump has the means to go ahead and secure our country because the Americans inside the America. It's not just on the border, because you, you know you guys were talking. The bearded white, uh, what is it? The bearded white guy's wife was talking about how she was talking about the foreigners that are coming around and doing this and that. Well, that's happening a lot of places all over America. If we do enough research, we can see there's a lot of that kind of displacement. And like I was saying earlier, a lot of these corporations and big businesses and even smaller businesses like that opportunity to undercut the regular wages in order to get cheaper wages and cherry-pick the world. And then we got H-1B visas and these other different work things and EB-5 where you have to train your actual um, replacement if they bring them in from outside. And then we got hire American, um, buy American, well, I'm saying don't just hire American and buy American. Make sure that the companies that are in America are owned by, you know, legal Americans and stop selling off all of our property and our ports, giving them uh, foreigners legal ownership. China's got claim and, and le- um, license permits and everything to control um, certain permits for the next 50 years. 
And so, therefore, they have a very easy chance of being able to use that as an opportunity to get voting rights as well as um, bring stuff in to position people in certain positions throughout the different states. So that way, at a certain point, they want to say, hey, we're claiming our right to this property because we've used the tax dollars, all the money you guys have been sending you know, because they buy a lot of our debt and treasury notes and bonds and stuff like that. And then we're buying a lot of the um, products and stuff from their manufacturing and whatnot. So they lay that money into being able to buy our property at pennies on the dollar. So anyway, don't forget to call and harass, or not harass, well, you might call it harassment, your contact, your your representatives, all of them, as many of them as you can, and say, hey, we need to get behind Trump and help make sure that he helps secure America, and we can have a further discussion on all what that means. Otherwise, the Democrats are going to try to nail him to the wall with saying, oh, we need the $15 minimum wage now. We need to make sure we got Obamacare, and we got to make sure we get the DACA people, you know, whatever, and then now we got the prison reform thing and getting education to those people that are getting, you know, in the prison, so we got to extend that mm-hmm. socialist project to the rest of Americans, and, you know, it's right. just a big ball of mess, so contact all your congressmen and senators the best you can now. It's better to do that than have to bear arms to protect yourself later. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. You're all very important. Share it with your family and your friends and your neighbors to be back and bring your perspective to the issue. And that's why I appreciate Bearded Guy and his wife coming on. They bring another perspective that we need to hear. And everybody else, too, Kavika, you're all. Uh, Miss Susan and Cindy, come on back home. Back to you in the studio. Well, I appreciate that, John. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we only got about uh, 10 minutes before I have to shut things off. It's amazing how fast uh, things could go. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, still working on, uh, you know, getting uh, Laura Loomer uh, on the show. Uh, I guess she was just taking a, an extended holiday herself. Uh, but, you know, you're working on that, get some, some old guests back on. Uh, as well, uh, there's always something certainly to you know <laughs> to talk about, especially uh, when an election thing starts to uh, crop up. My 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 hope is is that you know eventually sooner rather than later um, that they're going to try to get something going with this illegal. And remember, uh, folks, illegal immigration is not just more about this law. I know that's been taking uh, you know kind of at the forefront at. Um, you know, the immigration uh, debate or discussion, uh, but it's more than just a wall of border security. Border, border security isn't, you know, yeah, we got to keep the folks out, but we also got to get rid of the incentive. And I don't hear them talking a lot about that. I don't hear them talking a lot about the incentive uh, that these people are coming here. Um, it's because they can get on our government dole. You know, they can get, you know, you know jobs that people are willing to pay them under the table or, or you know, or, or pay them, you know, in a way where they could get, you know, a lot of them to just uh, stay in one, you know, one, you know, apartment or something of that nature. Um, it's also, you know, all of our kids could get educated for free, you know, basically fed and clothed for free. I mean, one of the articles I said is even if the kids, um, the, the people, the kids are illegal, they have a baby here. That baby, once it's uh, here, is open and eligible for welfare. And that means that their parents are going to get the welfare, even if they're illegal immigrants, if their child is considered a legal um, citizen because they were born here, 
Well, then guess what? That baby, they, they can get, uh, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, welfare for the child. And that's going to go, to, you know, and that's, that, you know, that's going to go to the parents. So basically you are going to have people, you know, illegal immigrants getting uh, funds from our government because they have a child here. So that kind of that that kind of stuff has to stop the chain migration, which that that conversation seemed to fall to the wayside. Um, the lottery that seemed the you know, that conversation. It's it, we've become so focused on the wall, we haven't really think about all the other uh, peripheral uh, you know aspects, which I, I wouldn't say is more important, uh, but maybe you know or almost maybe as important because you know if we stop get you know putting the carrot out there. Uh, they're going to stop coming. Not you know, we need to not make it worth their while uh, to come, you know, to come here to America. And it's too enticing for them not to. I mean, I can, I mean, I can almost understand a point where like, oh well, you know, they just want a better, you know, life for their kids. Well, you want a better life for your kid. Well, well, certainly, but that's not our responsibility, you know, uh, you know, to provide that for them. It's their parents' responsibility, and maybe you know, the and they should, do, and they should do it legally, here, Rob. What about for yeah, the we, right. we got we got our own, yeah, we got our own homeless here too. No, certainly, and we and we've got our own we've got our own people here to to take care of, and we've got one of the parties, you know, and the Republicans ain't much aren't much better, um, but we got you know got an entire party that is shown, and that's one of the reasons why I'm I, I was actually shocked that the the, the Democrats. Did take back the house. It's that. I mean, part of me was shocked. Part of me wasn't. But you know, a baffle. I'm not shocked, but I'm baffled because you have a party that has shown that you know they're more behind people who are non-citizens than the citizens of this country. Why? I mean, and they're all the they're all lockstep. There's not very many, except maybe a very select few of Democrats that just don't fall in the line. Uh, with what, which then with what you know Pelosi and, and Schumer want them to do, uh, but I do see there's not only about uh, six minutes left, and I've got a couple about you know we've had some calls dropped. We've got uh, yourself, John. We've got Kelly, and then we also have Kavika on the line. Uh, I'd like to give everybody a couple minutes, uh, you know, about a minute or so uh, for their uh, comments, uh, their final thoughts tonight, and then I'll close out uh, the show. Uh, for this evening, and then uh, you know I am planning on having a show next week, uh, just the, the, the week after that. No, but um, but also uh, in, in the absence, uh, you know, I know you guys know who's been listening to the show for uh, a long time, uh, at least a couple of years, and then also something I've been trying to do uh, since last year is again, if, uh, if you do feel so compelled uh, to uh, go to the the website at www.bardslogic politicaltalk.com, uh, check out the Give page. There's other organizations they have on there. Check them out. Uh, but also you'll see the link where if anyone does uh, donate to my campaign to send my daughter out to Italy next uh, – or this summer. It's June. Uh, they're doing it this – it's 2019 now. She's supposed to leave in June, and I have to have everything uh, you know, paid up there by February 20th. So get, get kind of down to the wire. Uh, for that, so I'll be ending that uh, you know, a little, uh, little, little more than a month. Uh, so and then you won't have to hear me talk about it anymore. So that might make some people happy, including myself, because I don't even like talk about it. Uh, but anyway, 
Um, that's at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. So we do have, again, you know, about you know six minutes left. We'll have to close things out, maybe a little less. So each person has about a minute uh, for closing comments uh, for tonight. Um, any, if you want to bring up either our topics tonight or since it's been a while since we had a show, uh, bring up something there, uh, perhaps even if there's uh, – Something you want to bring up for a topic for a later discussion on a later show. So what we'll do is we'll go to um, first you, Kavika, and then Kelly, then John, and then I'll close things up. Go ahead, Kavika. I think Kavika might have uh, – still there, Kavika? Okay, well, we'll um, – Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, I don't know if he muted his phone, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll go back to him. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it to you, Kelly, and then John. Then we'll see if Kavika's there, and then uh, we'll uh, go from there. Go ahead. It's, it's about a minute, and then I'll have to close things out. Go ahead, Kelly. Sorry, I was on. Um, I was hoping to get the bearded white guy, but he's going over a mountain pass. I just got a text from him, so you may not be able okay. to hear him. And he gets yeah, disconnected he, uh, up there. Yeah, their calls dropped. Yeah, the the bearded white guy and his bearded uh, white gal was uh, the calls dropped. They've um, we, we've lost the call. So okay, yeah, they're at four thousand feet for anyway where the snow is. Anyway, um, so you know you got two sides of every story. Republicans are blaming the House. Democrats are blaming the president. Anyway. Um, so it's good political theater and it's good political strategy if you don't care about the American people for the Republicans to go ahead and get all the Republican base all riled up for 2020, um, throwing it at the Democrats. They say no. They blame Trump. Okay, build the base, build the base, build the base. There's another element I'm not sure the Democrats really looked at when they are putting up their opposition to the wall. They're putting up a wall to stop the wall. That's interesting. But – you know, like uh, the uh, wife of the bearded white guy. I'm going to call her the the bearded white wife. Um, <laughs> she's pretty new in politics, and I've I've teased her before. You know, her and I. Well, the bearded white guy. Him and I are really good friends, and his wife, and and all. And I, she didn't vote one year. I, said, I don't want to hear it. Don't want to, no, you didn't vote. You got to wait two years. Don't. No. 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 I'm teasing her, but she's really starting to get involved, and she's coming from a independent, new to the scene, what's going on, common sense girl. And um, the Democrats didn't think about the independents or people who are waking up politically. The Democrats are going to look like idiots for opposing the wall. And it's the independent people, sure they'll register a Republican or Democrat, and they'll claim, oh, I vote for the candidate. Well, okay, if you're that way, go libertarian like me, but registered libertarian but the the independent factor is the democrats aren't thinking about it and that's a huge voting block that from this controversy or as the british would say controversy it's going to swing a lot of independence to the republicans so there's a prediction for 2020 won't be surprised if you get a house and senate and trump in in 2020 from the independents that the Democrats are not thinking about. So I guess I yield my time. Well, I appreciate it, Kelly. And then uh, we'll uh, go over to you, John. Go ahead. 
Yeah, um, if there are any um, ex-military people out there that are looking for a job at the border to help secure, I noticed on C-SPAN a border guard representative with the DHS, which I understand is a, a department within the DHS is for all the border guards. They are seriously looking to hire tons of people. They're just having a hard time getting people to apply. So if you're one of those kind of people out there, you might want to give that a try. I'm glad um what bearded white guy's wife brought that up, and I'll um, send it over to Kavika so he'll have a little more time. We'll catch you all next week. Come on back now, you hear? See you, John. Let's see if uh, we got Kavika back. If not, I'll have to close things out. Uh, Kavika, uh, you back on the line there? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, well, oh, there you go. Hey, We're just getting. Uh, you got about uh, 30 seconds for uh, closing call, uh, comments, and I'll have to have to close things out. All right, you know I'll close it out with some jokes about uh, Congresswoman uh, Congresswoman Ilman Oman. You know she doesn't go when she looks for a she doesn't go on plenty of fish. She goes on plenty of relatives. When <laughs> when she had her uh, wedding night with her brother, she says, "I want to give you pleasure." Her brother pulled out a switchblade and went down there and said, "I want to make sure you never had it." <laughs> when she looks through her. When she looks when she looks for a date, she goes through her photo albums of her family and says, "Uncle Yusef, he's looking pretty good. I think I might go with him." <laughs> and to Rashid Talib, wow. uh, yeah, and to, to Rashid Talib, you know, she she loses the imagination land that she's going to uh, impeach the president. Well, you know what? I can spell imagination too. P A L E S T I N E. Imagination. <laughs> Everyone have a good night. <laughs> uh, good night And of course I will uh, thank everyone for coming on um, Looking forward to uh, Seeing you the next week and of course uh, Visit the site at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com uh, Thank you again See you folks and have a good night mm-hmm.